What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, September 14th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, back to being healthy, Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. COVID-free Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. It's crazy how a week of baseball can completely change your... uh your your uh, outlook on a season because a week ago when we unfortunately had to miss the show the cubs just swept the giants at home yeah. riding high we finally broke the Girardi curse uh and <laughs> since then the cubs are two two and five uh and everyone's panicking so this is welcome back everybody mm-hmm. yeah sorry about missing last week everybody i uh i had a little bit of the covid uh that shit kicked my ass this time the first time i had it it was nothing it was no thing but this one whew. COVID you got it from the Reds. The, the, the Reds breakout got to you somehow. Yeah, me and my boy uh, Ellie were hanging out playing some uh, MLB The Show, and he coughed on me or something. But I'll tell you what, COVID-2, the revenge, that one fucked me up, man. <laughs> I was down for the like 102 fever. My knees felt like I just played like six games of basketball back to back to back. Like my body ached. All I could do was sleep. And then it was weird though, because I got it and I told you guys that I couldn't come on. And Fitz is like, yeah, you know, I've had this cough. I should test myself. Fitz had it too. <laughs> Fitz was positive too. I was like, what, what the fuck is going on? And then so I think uh, our buddy Senor Sox tweeted, he's like, were you guys kissing? And I was like, yeah, duh. But uh, <laughs> so we're back. We're back. We're back. Um, Fitz is not here. He is uh, at a very fancy dinner to celebrate Mrs. Fitz with homegirl deserves it man she's putting in work out there in vegas so can't can't bust fitness chops for that uh congratulations to miss fids and uh, all the good work she's done there and then I, I tweeted out that mitch would be gracing us with the presence but i don't know some meth lab or something exploded in vegas and or not vegas in missouri so he had to stay a little extra at work he'll be here soon but we got you covered we have a special guest we're gonna bring him in here right after the intro uh, we're going to be talking about White Sox farm system because I don't really want to talk about this major league team because they fucking stink. Uh, <laughs> the Cubs made, finally made the big call up. I know, uh, although said things haven't been going great, but there is a a reason for Cubs fans to be extremely happy. And it's nice. I'm envious that you guys still have meaningful baseball to watch and things to get excited about. So with all that being said, Let's get into it. Let's tap this keg. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. Can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Every season, make it all change. Yeah. 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 Yeah
As always, the show is brought to you by SportsMicery, SportsMicery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, so you'll be the first to know if Justin Fields throws a ball over 10 yards. SportsMicery, SportsMicery.com, and also brought to you by Uncle Buds, 9700 South Cicero. Uh, I was there to do my fantasy football draft. The place is looking great, great food specials. They got amazing football specials, and it's just not on Sunday either. College football Saturday. Boom. If you want to go there, I'll tell you what. I showed up in there on set last Saturday for college football, and it's just awesome because you feel like you're with your people. You know what I mean? Like, you go in there, everybody's drinking, everyone's having a good time, the music's playing, there's a ton of TVs, big TVs playing all the different games, and the best thing is, like, there was, like, 50 different conversations of being like, yeah, I got Oregon minus three and a half, and, like, everybody was just going <laughs> off like that. It was hilarious. The ATM's conveniently located right next to it. It's just, like, everybody's betting. It's awesome. I had such a good time. But, uh, yeah. Promo uh, idea. Promo idea. Uh, free drink if, if the Bears throw the ball t- more than 20 yards down I mean, the field. Might, I, might as well because I think you'd be pretty safe. <laughs> it'd be pretty safe. Gonna... Like everyone's going to buy in, but then they're going to have to pay for all the drinks. Yeah. Oh, man. We'll <laughs> talk about that story in a minute. But without Uncle further Bud. ado, Uncle Buds, go there. Good stuff. Let's bring in our guest. Uh, it's a guy who. If you're in our comment section, you know him because he's here every week, which we love him for it. Uh, it's a good buddy of ours, good friend of the show, Mr. Ian Eskridge. Let me bring him in here. What's up, Ian? How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No, we're just happy to have you, man. It's been a long time coming. If you guys don't know Ian, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, he is the White Sox-obsessed video guru for at Daily White Sox. Uh, make sure you guys are checking them out at Daily White Sox, especially now because especially. the White Sox fucking stink and you need to know about what's coming on the pipeline. And I'll tell you this, this is unbiased. I've said this before on the show, even without Ian here, there is a lot of really good Sox farm coverage. There is. But for my money, my Twitter follow is White Sox Daily. The main reason, one, because of you, Ian, and two, you guys always have the video right away and i appreciate that because as someone that's not i don't know if you guys this might be breaking news i am not a professional baseball scout but uh it helps me and my smooth brain to see the actual player doing his thing like to see his frame to see how big he is to see the swing to see his arm motion all that fun stuff it's great when you get reports from people and they're saying like oh this kid's great that it's different when you see it so Ladies and gentlemen, Ian, welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Uh, hold on. I messed up already. I did not tweet out the link for the show, so let me retweet that. Uh, it's okay, everyone. Ian watches the show every week. He knows that this is normal. <laughs> hey, if you've watched ours, I, I have problems with the, with the audio, and I'm an audio engineer by trade, and I screw it up all the time. So, uh, Yeah, no it happens. Idea. Yeah. Uh, all right. There we go. That's taken care of. Um, so, Ian, again, we, we wanted you to come on the show tonight. One, because, uh, like I said, it's been a long time coming. But two, you guys are extremely plugged in with what's going on in all levels of the White Sox farm system. So I guess before we even get into the, the nitty gritty and what's coming down the pipe, if you can just kind of give people maybe the cliff notes of what got you into minor leagues guy and what got you into like where you're at right now yeah uh, so i mean more or less you know like i watched a little bit uh leading up to um 
you know, the Chris Sale trade and all that stuff. You know, like I popped in on it every once in a while. Um, but obviously when they made all the, you know, they made all the trades, I wanted to see it. And uh, I knew that other people would want to see the returns on the investment as well. So um, I just started posting it in like a couple of face group, uh, Facebook groups that I was in. And um, yeah, then we just, uh, you know, I kept on doing that for a while. And um, yeah, somebody asked me if I wanted to start a site and I said, sure. And uh, that one went, the first one went belly up and uh, nobody ended up doing it. It liked everybody kind of spread out and went different uh, directions before COVID. And then, uh, uh, and then I just started kind of doing it again by myself and throwing them up on Twitter. And, uh, it was mostly like, uh, Eloy and, uh, and Luis Robert and a couple of the, the big acquisition guys, you know, like I didn't do, uh, the tertiary, uh, farm guys so much mm-hmm. um and uh then uh, patrick flowers who is the uh nfl writer for uh over at bleacher now um he asked me if i wanted to start a site and we we did uh, just like this you know it was half white Sox, half cubs and uh the cubs section like uh, the main guys from the cubs section both got real jobs and uh and that, yeah and then they dipped and um <laughs> And, uh, so then it was just me and Patrick and a couple of other guys. And, um, yeah, so here we are. Well, I can tell you again, I know a lot of White Sox fans, especially White Sox Twitter greatly appreciates you guys. Basically you guys do the legwork for us. You know I mean? It's just like, Hey, and I, I mean, although, you know, with the sports mockery with Mitch's articles, if we want to talk about a prospect, I just tell them to embed your tweets because you guys always have the video we need so we appreciate that work so and people i didn't say people take that for granted especially they if you've definitely, been on Twitter, I do. hand if up you've been, i definitely take it for granted because i know that shit ain't easy if you've been writing a little uh you always try to get a highlight going there's not always those highlights out there so the people yeah. when you have accounts that do follow and do get a lot of stuff out there definitely appreciate it uh, but for every for every fan base but yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, I think that there's like, I know that there's a uh, a Yankees account that does it. There's a uh, a Phillies account, a Phillies account, a Phillies account, a Phillies account that that does it uh, as well. But I mean, it's not like there's hardly anybody that does this, and you know, it's kind of one of those things where um, I'm going to be watching a lot of it anyway, and. Uh, you know, it, I, I think, you know, to, to your point, Zoe, you know, that it's nice to get uh, eyes on guys. You know, it's like I I sit there and I read, um, you know, publications that, that do all these, uh, you know, rankings of the White Sox system and other systems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I now after doing what I do, you know, it's like I read those things and I'm like, yeah, that's not entirely accurate, you know, mm-hmm. and um that's I kind of uh, I kind of wait to talk about guys until I know what I'm looking at. You know, I'm kind of in the same same thing where I need to get my eyes on a guy and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, like I can't get there. You know, like I live in Chicagoland area, so I can't you know see the uh, the affiliates 
in person, unfortunately. Um, uh, on our on my stream uh, the other day, I had uh, AAA Jeff from Future Sox on there, and he's been going to all three of the North Car- Carolina affiliates. And um, I gotta get out there. Oh, it's awesome, man! I've <laughs> heard. Really yeah, it's, on, it's really nice. no, it's yeah, it's it's really nice. You know, you got all three parks within you know like an hour of each other, right? Uh, you know, and of course, you know Birmingham's off on their little island, um, but you know, to be able to go and drive, you know, an hour and be able to see all three of those affiliates is really awesome. My parents live probably like, uh, an hour and a half away from Charlotte. So, um, I, you know, if I drive down there, I've got a place to stay and oh, nice use of a car and all that stuff. And they just I think, grab it. So I think when baby's is a little bit older, that might be a good trip just to go see that. And I mean, we've had the goddamn, GM of Birmingham on the show before, and I yep. still the guys invited me personally down there on two separate occasions, and I still have never gone. But I feel like a real jerk. But I heard it's gorgeous down there too. Like it's just like a baseball mecca. Like I gotta check that out. But Ian, uh, the questions are already starting to come in from the chat. You're on this side of the chat now. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, for I'm those of you, saying, I'm, not, I'm not even looking at it right now. So for uh, for those of you that are in the chat or you're listening to us live on Wednesday night, if you do have a question about a player in the farm system, there's no better time in the world to ask than right now. So the first one, it's actually funny, from our guy Maddie Mitch. Uh, he corrected the spelling in his next one, so just disregard that. But uh, this is funny because me and Aldo were literally talking about this guy right before you came on. The question he says is, "How's good or bad is uh, Jake? How do you spell? Eater? Eater? Yeah. Eater. Now, yeah. for you of those that don't know, thank who, you for pronouncing that. We were gonna be yeah. way off. Well, just wait. I, I was gonna call him Eater. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know who Jake is, Jake is the guy who we got for Jake Berger. Uh, he's a left-handed pitcher, six-four, tall boy, six-four, two hundred fifteen pounds, throws. Left bats left. Uh, he was drafted in the fourth round by Miami, and yeah, hey, you never know. <laughs> Pinch hitter, you never know. Pitch if hitter. the manager forgets one day about the DH spot, and the pitcher has to gain yeah, a bat in extra innings, it's happened before. <laughs> uh, and according according to MLB.com <laughs> right now, well, this, I think these were their midseason ones because I have a feeling this would change if they did it up to date. But they have him as the number five prospect in the Sox system now. Before you get started on Jake, Jake's had a rough to go so far in the minor leagues. And me and Aldo were just talking about they basically banished him to, like, developmental level. Uh, what have you seen with Jake, Ian? So here's the thing. And it's uh, – you have to take what Jake Eater's doing with a grain of salt because he had Tommy John surgery and he had – gone through some rehab last year and he was ready to start his rehab starts this year and he fractured his foot. And so he couldn't throw for another two and a half months. So, you know, he started the season like, uh, I don't know, probably about a month and a half before we got him. Oh shit. Okay. So, you know, he's 50, he's, uh, I think he's 50 in like roughly about 50 innings out from TJ. So the the results that you see is a guy coming back from TJ and a guy who wasn't allowed, you know, what basically could not put, you know, stress on his foot on his, I I believe it was his 
his uh, his plant foot uh, for, you know, like two months. So, you know, of course, a guy who I mean, we've seen the, we've seen the TJ thing, you know, with this White right. Sox thing. We should all White Sox fans. You should be fluent in TJ <laughs> by this point, you know, yeah. like complaining about guys that aren't, you know, lights out after TJ is like kindergarten level understanding stuff, you know? Right. Um, it is kind of funny that that was the return for Jake Berger because remember when Jake was drafted, he got hurt. And then while he was hurt, he got hurt again. So it's kind of funny that that's kind of the guy that got for him. But he is going to be under a microscope from White Sox fans because he was the return and a beloved White Sox player being traded. And, you know, for all, what it's worth, Jake's fucking killing it down in Miami right it's now. Really well. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes the pressure even a little bit more, but uh, what kind of roadmap do you see for Jake? Eater. 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 Uh, Eater. Yeah. So. Shut up. If, if you, if you <laughs> Just think about burger, eater, eat, eater, eater. Eater burger. Yep. Burger eater. Um, <laughs> so if you've watched him pitch, the stuff is really, really nasty. Uh, the the main issue that um, the start before he came before he got traded to the White Sox, I think he had a I think he went six innings or seven innings and had 11 K's. And oh, um, yeah, his his command was on that night. He didn't walk a whole lot of guys. And then the, the start before that, I think he had uh, eight strikeouts in like five innings or, or something like that. Um, he's had a rough time with his command since he came over. And, um, but if you watch the pitches, the pitches are like his movements nasty. Um, he's, he's going to be really good. I don't know if you've looked at his stats before, uh, his TJ. Um, but so he came out, he got drafted and they had him in Arizona for, uh, is it Arizona? No, it's Florida. Uh, they had him in Florida for a little bit in their complex and then they mm -hmm. sent him to double a. So they skipped. Oh, I just pulled these. Up. Oh my goodness! I'm looking yeah. at these double A's that year in 2021. You're talking about, right? Yeah. So he. Uh, oh goddamn! The, the thing to look at here is yes, he had like a .92 WHIP, I believe, uh, which is ridiculous, uh, and he had like a 1.95 ERA or some somewhere along those lines. But the 1.77 ERA. Yeah, there you go. That's the sick. thing to look at is look at his splits and look at the batting average against and the OPS against it's, it's, it's really nasty. I think he had uh, against left-handed hitters. I think he had a 095 batting average against and uh, was like 190 versus right-handed hitters. I mean, nobody so could hit the guy. The, the stat line from that year that you're talking about the pre TJ year in 2021, he was three and five, which that doesn't matter. His ERA was one seven, seven, in 15 games, in 71 innings pitched, he only gave up 43 hits. He had 100 strikeouts to 27 walks. Opponents were hitting him 169 against him. And like you mentioned, Ian, he had a .98 whip. That's the goods right there. Yeah. And, I mean, we've mentioned a bunch of times on the show, AA is probably the most competitive level of minor league baseball because AAA, you get guys that have either been in a system for a million years or – you do get some of the studs that are on the cusp where you get guys that are on their last legs, but double A, I mean, we've heard pro say it on this show. Double A is like grind time. That's where, you know, you got to kind of show up. 
Um, yep. Next question we got, and I'm actually curious about this from Ralph. What the hell happened to West Cath? Um, West Cath is uh, still at at this point. He's two and a half years younger than average age for advanced day. And, um, you know, I, I, from talks I've had with people that, uh, that know things, um, when, uh, at the end of last year, uh, when he went for project Birmingham, uh, one of the things that they, uh, are you laughing at project Birmingham's? Or... I'm laughing. Anytime someone brings up project <laughs> Birmingham, it makes me giggle. I'm sorry, but project go ahead. I didn't... Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things that they decided that they needed to address was his lower half driving his upper half mm-hmm. and um, helping him to get to the, you know, to, to transfer his power in his swing. And um, so they worked on it all off season and he's had, he, you know, he's had struggles with his, uh, with his timing mechanism this year. If okay. you watch him, uh, he leads the he he led the Southern Atlantic League in strikeouts, or he was second, or something like that. He had a he had a lot of strikeouts. Sounds and, like a white um, Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you know, <laughs> you know, his, his timing mechanism's off. He's not uh, he's not catching up to stuff, and because he's having a harder time hitting the ball, you know, he starts chasing, right. and um, because he's not having results, he expands the zone. Um. And he presses, you know, and he, and he tries really hard, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah. And it just, it, it's like the, one of those things that just compounds on itself and keeps on going. I will say uh, the glove has improved and he's made, I've seen him make some really, really nice plays over at third and he's definitely improved there. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily anything that, you know, like quote unquote happened to West Cath. I mm-hmm. think it's just kind of one of those things that uh, he got he got aggress- an aggressive assignment, you know, going from yeah. Kannapolis and then and then bumping him up. Uh, you know, like he had no, you know, it's not like they kept him as a, you know, as an 18-year-old. They didn't keep him in the uh, Arizona Complex League and, you know, give him time to develop there. He's, you know, on, you know, they bumped him to Kannapolis right away with Colson Montgomery and everybody sees what Colson Montgomery's doing and they compare West Cath to him. And that's not entire, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's not a fair to hold those two guys on the, on the same plane, because we know that people don't develop the same way, you know? So, um, yeah, no, I, mean, I think just, that's fair for, uh, for those of you that are stack guys, that like to hear West right now in 2023, he is in, as Ian's hat says, he's in Winston-Salem. That's the high A. Uh, in 347 at-bats, he's got 67 hits, 8 bombs, 31 RBIs. So that means he's batting 193 with a 275 OBP and a 586 OPS. He has, According to MLB.com, he has fallen out of the White Sox top 30 prospects list, which if they're really messing with his swing like that, you got to give that kid. He's 21. So it's not like he's some 30-year-old that you've been waiting on forever. He's 21. Let him tinker a little, if you will, and we'll see what comes up from there. Uh, Our next question comes from Andy. What up, Andy? Andy's a fucking awesome listener. All you guys are in the comments. We love you all. Uh, Andy goes, Ian, 
yeah, subscribe, listen to us on Spotify now. That's the new thing we give a shit about. And hey, if you feel like it, super chat, boys. Uh, Andy said, Ian, if you were calling the shots and the Sox got a top pick going into the next draft, which they might, what position would you be looking to fill? They may or may not have a top pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, a foregone conclusion that it's going to be top three at this yes. point. Um, 15 game winning streak coming out for the Sox? That, that would be very White Sox, though. <laughs> oh, it so would. I, I actually said that uh, right around the trade deadline, you know, they were like, what, like 18 games under 500. And I was like, oh, they're going to get rid of everybody and have that, uh, you know, have that nice little uh, boost from having all the young guys come up. And mm-hmm. But uh, luckily for us, they didn't bring up very many of the, those young guys and let them play. So, uh, um, I, you know, I'm personally I am uh, of the mindset that that I am a top talent guy yes, as opposed to as a position I. guy. Um, I drafting for need is one of those things that gets you uh, Zach Collins. Um, you know, uh, and a favorite I, I, of this puck. Yeah. Um, is he in the league still? Yeah, he's like uh, he's on triple. the uh, he's in the Guardians AAA, I, I believe, at this point. Oof. Yeah, or no, is he uh, maybe he's the Pirates? Who knows? I know that he, he played for the Guardians for a minute and then they they designated him for assignment and I could have swore that somebody else picked him up, but I could be wrong. I haven't been find f- him though. Find him though. I haven't been tracking him lately. All right, I um, got him. Where's he at? He is currently. Nope. Whoa, did I spell it wrong? Because they took me to some. There's a Zach Collins on the San Antonio Spurs. It's okay for the was wondering. Yes, it's not that one. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that one. So hold on, I gotta type in Zach. His uh, profile picture on Brave. Baseball references in a Guardians hat. Yeah, he's still in the he's still in Cleveland's organization. Yeah, he's in their AAA. Anyways, yeah. so let's just though, for the sake of Andy's question, in the I mean, I think any White Sox fan would think you know right field or second base, ideally. Uh, it's tough to say position though. I guess you're right, and Andy, I'm not knocking your question, but that is a tough thing. Because with the baseball draft, there's the, it's not like NBA or NFL where it's like a consensus number one pick, can't miss on this guy type shit. Like, Unless uh, you look at this year, uh, you know, where you had Paul Who's Stevens. the guy? Oh, you know? oh, you're talking about this last yeah. This, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, this upcoming year, I mean, there's uh, – it's, it's uh, you know, of course, the, the year that the, the White Sox retank – um, it happens to be a, uh, a, I like that, you know, like, a, a, yeah, unfortunate. um, but, uh, it's a, it's a weaker draft, you know, like this, this past season was the stack draft yes. and you know, the one that's coming up next year. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some guys and, you know, if they get the number one or two pick, you know, there's, there's going to be somebody that's going to jump out and be, you know, be those guys that everybody's like, yeah, it's a weak draft, but the top five here, those guys are all, you know, solid. And I would have to say at this point, yeah. it would depend on – oh, there he is. Uh, it would depend on um, what position the uh, – like the top three guys were. You know, if you had two yeah. pitchers and an outfielder, 
Let's say um, that's the scenario. Yeah, I mean, if you have that, um, I would have to say I'd probably go pitching. You know? Oh, I just you just took a pell over Bryant. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> oh, Mark Appel. I have to get a KB in, uh, in for yeah, uh, for Kevin for Feds. Yeah, he's not here, so you got to bring him up. But I agree uh, with you. This is <laughs> yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, the very sweaty, the very shiny NASCAR <laughs> Mitch. That's just has, yeah, poor has joined us. Right, um, Mitch. As you know, Mitch, we're talking with the end. We're talking White Sox farm system. Uh, we had some really good questions so far in the chat. Andy, Jake breakdown. Yep. Glad, glad he was able to pronounce it right, you too. Uh, Andy, <laughs> shout out to Andy for the super chat. He said, all good, bro. Appreciate the good convo. Andy, we appreciate you, bud. Now, since there's no questions lined up in the chat right now, please, guys, get them in. I have some questions, though, for you, Ian, because these are things yeah. that I want to discuss as I'm watching a shitty White Sox team down four nothing in the seventh to the Royals, the funniest thing. Sorry, I'm going to get sidetracked. But Ian, you know the show. I get sidetracked all the time. The funniest thing about what turning on the Sox game tonight was they were trying so hard to like sell it to like the season series is decided tonight with the Kansas City Royals. It's like are you, you can't say that with a straight face. Stop that. Like no one gives a shit, dude. Uh, anyways, nobody cares. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's start with the top. Uh, the big name that everybody's really excited about. Uh, the kid came back from injury this year. Uh, out of the gates hot. We're talking about the number one prospect right now in the White Sox system, Colson Montgomery. Uh, right now he's currently in double A, right? He's still in double yep. A. Yeah. Uh, but the kid is just, he looks like he's the goods, man. I mean, uh, solid all-around player. I know he's come back from uh you know, a pretty significant injury. He was out for a while, but the, the the worry there was how would he come back from it? And it seems like he hasn't missed a step. So what, you know, what have you been hearing about Colson? Uh, is there any kind of, is he going to get that invite to camp with the possibility of making the team next year? Or is he still a little bit farther away from that? Uh, where are you at with Colson? So I would personally prefer that he did not make the club. Uh, specifically uh, for the glove. Um, okay. I'd, like, I'd like him to get some more time uh, to, to develop the glove. Um, he's As a got, shortstop? Yeah. You know, like, the, I mean, preferably. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you could put him at second base, but, um, you know, that reduces value. You know, uh, wait, but no, wait. The White Sox, the White Sox never played guys out of position. Don't worry about that. We're good. Yeah. They're going to be in right field. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I think you're forgetting Chris Getz is in charge now. He's different. So. Oh, he is different. I'm sorry, guys. My, my fault. My, well, fault. my it, fault. It sounds like, too, the guy they just drafted this year would be better suited to play at third base or second base, from what I understand, than Colson Montgomery would, because I think he's a bit more athletic. But That was... Uh, Jacob okay. Gonzalez. I was looking at his numbers right. I was going to ask Ian about no, Jacob Gonzalez. And, yeah, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, yeah. He looks, he, just, again, I haven't seen the video, but man, the, the numbers don't look pretty. Yeah, no, but uh, I'm yeah. sorry, we didn't, you know us, we interrupt everyone on the show. Please finish your <laughs> thoughts on, on Colson, though. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the, the eye is elite, the swing is beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he's got thunder in the bat. Um, and the thing is, is that he seems to be, uh, able to make adjustments. Uh, I actually, I posted a, 
a tweet just a little while ago. Um, guy threw him uh, threw him a curveball on uh, 01 and fooled him. But he threw that again on 02, and uh, he smoked it into right field for a single. You know, love to hear that. Um, yeah, he waited back on it, kept it, you know, kept his hands back, and then and then just ripped it right through the infield. And that's you know that's the kind of stuff that you know yeah you can teach, um, but it's if it comes more natural or it's something that's been that he's personally been developing since he was you know in grade school then that's something completely different you know like you know you look at uh luis miesis um and oscar colas these are two guys that and uh yoelki cespedes as well these are three guys that were um pegged by uh andy barquette as guys that needed to work on their pitch selection and uh, over the last two years, all of them have improved in that area, but they still have, you know, when they, when they start struggling, they still have their old tendencies, which is to chase bad pitches or try and pull outside pitches mm-hmm. and they end up rolling over it or they end up fouling it off or they end up just missing it altogether. Uh, he does not do that kind of stuff like generally at all i mean he does it every once in a while because you know everybody gets fooled every once in a while but yeah um yeah he's just he's he's very disciplined at the plate and it's the kind of thing that uh yes you can teach but it's you know he's advanced in that in that thing where he d- needs less instruction when it comes to that kind of stuff so that's no that's I and I appreciate that, and it is tougher with especially some of these younger kids to have that kind of play discipline. You know, they just everybody. You see a lot of these kids are chomping at the bit. They just want to get out there, and make the big splashy home run or whatever, and get noticed and get called up. But that that actually makes me feel a lot better that he can keep his head like that and stay with what he knows works. But Aldo, go ahead, rip your question about the the White Sox latest draftee. I guess like a two part, just. Because, I mean, I, don't, I didn't really follow a lot of the Sox draft talk at the time. But your initial thoughts on the draft pick of Jacob Gonzalez and then just what have you seen from it? From the, I think he's only played like, what, like 30, 34 games. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he played the last month and a week, I think, of Canapolis this season. 34 uh, games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, he's uh, he's a, he, you know, he's another one of those guys. Uh, good plate discipline. Um, but it hasn't translated for him yet, but the thing that is always tough with uh, draftees is, you know, in that first year, you know, he was, you know, he had a full season at Ole Ole Miss and then he was playing with team USA and working with them. And then he goes to the ACL and then they send him to canny. So he's had uh, a solid six months of baseball. And a lot of baseball. Yeah. So, I mean, he's worn down. He's tired, you know, and plus he's also assimilating into a new thing. And he's also coming to a place where, you know, he did play in the SEC and, uh, you know, it's at a, at a good school um, that plays good competition. So he's seen good pitching. But the thing is, is that now he's seeing that Friday and Saturday night starter that he used to see once a week, you know, in his series. Now he's seeing it four out of five times a week. Very true. 
you know, so he's having to adjust to that. He's having to adjust to, um, you know, picking up and moving his life and, uh, things are, you know, it's when stuff like, when life stuff like that happens, it, it's complicated, you know, it's, it's never simple. And, you know, of course we look at it as, you know, we, we look at the numbers and we're not impressed with the numbers, but, um, I will say this, the glove Despite the fact that he doesn't have a lot of speed, his anticipation in the field and his glove work and his arm are all really, really solid. Nice. Um, so when some guy, uh, you watch Colson Montgomery play shortstop, and he's learning some of this stuff, but you watch Jacob Gonzalez and you're like, okay, that guy knows what's going on from the shortstop position. He's usually in front of the ball he doesn't have to chase because he knows exactly where the ball is going to go just from watching what's going on and he's learned to anticipate that stuff and he's got you know a good four years of experience on colson montgomery probably at shortstop true so you know and he's also you know with playing with ole miss and uh being with team usa and getting you know instruction from team usa's right coaching staff you know he's got uh you know you know he Colson Montgomery did talk to Scott Rowland a little bit about, about some stuff, but you know, we're talking like day to day, you know, one-on-one coaching from team USA instruction. So, you know, he's, he's got, you know, a a step ahead on that kind of stuff, but yes, as far as like uh, what I would say would probably be best for him would probably be second base or third base. That was my Um, next question. Yeah, that would probably be my guess just because um, I would think that you would probably keep Colson Montgomery that, there. But um, then again, if you put Colson Montgomery and say, you know, at that point, you know, the, the power numbers are good and he's hitting like 25 home runs a year at second base, you have top tier second baseman in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, you know. Um and if, you know, if Jacob Gonzalez's glove is that much better and he's, you know, still, you know, he can manage to figure out hitting, then, mm-hmm. you know, then you're, you're good, you know. Where do you, uh, where do you think Jacob starts uh, his season next year? If you had a guess, I know that's a tough one just because a lot yeah. of things can happen between now and then, but. Well, see, here's the thing, right? So you've got, uh, a uh, guy that I know that we're probably going to end up talking about here in the near future, Tim Elko. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the same boat last year. You know, he came from Ole Miss and he did the ACL, the ACL and then they sent him to Canny. And at Canny, I think he hit like 230 last year. You know? Mm-hmm. And then this year, complete night and day difference, but he still started in Kannapolis. Granted, you're, you know, we're, we're talking about a uh, 14th rounder or whatever he was right. um, versus a, a, a number one pick. But, you know, I, I kind of have a feeling that maybe they might start him at Kannapolis next year simply because of uh, because of that. I'm fine with that. I mean, again, what the White Sox were doing with a lot of these kids just wasn't working. And that's just different but he was the guy that was in charge of all that. So that's poor shit. But <laughs> uh, I, I'm good with the slow roll with some of these guys. Uh, Mitch, pick a prospect, any prospect. Two, two, two run uh, single for uh, Colson Montgomery. 
There you go. There you go. Pinwheels bump. Off the um, I know a lot has been – now we just brought in that, that Edgar Kiro, um, and we, we got rid of Seb. So who is the next what – what do the White Sox catchers look like next year? I know we already got Corey Lee up there. Uh, but besides uh, Kiro, is there anyone else in the system that could possibly fill that void, or do you think they have to bring in a free agent? Moment of silence for Mitch for the loss. <laughs> Sebi killed the Cubs for a little bit this week. Sebi's going to get to play some playoff baseball down in the desert, man. Sebi's living. He got out of jail. Numbers are actually pretty solid. If you look at the yeah. baseball savant stuff, just couldn't hit a lick. Sebi is the perfect. Sebi's like the perfect old school can't hit catcher, does everything else really good. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I guess, Mitch, to, before you get started, though, you know, Edgar there, they got him as the number three prospect in the White Sox system. But if you scroll all the way down to 27, 28, and 29 are all catchers as well. So it seems like they're kind of loading up in a position of need. And so I, that's a – I'm curious here. And Ian, what do you think about the catcher you position? I'm going to look at this. You're looking at MLB pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm almost positive – that I'm about to – you're telling me that there's catchers all at the bottom here. They got uh, Adam Adam Hackenberg, then Ronnie Hernandez, then Kelvin Harris. Okay, see, I'm upset. All the right. DJ? <laughs> I'm upset. And I kind of I thought that's who, who they were going to be. It's been a minute since I looked at this. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that I don't like uh, Hackenberg and Harris, and I haven't, you know, I haven't seen Ronnie Hernandez yet. He's in uh, Kannapolis, but he's on the – developmental list so he hasn't played uh he didn't play before the uh, season was over whoa um uh michael turner the uh catcher from winston-salem uh just finished the southern atlantic league season as the uh batting champion i saw your tweet about this guy yeah Yeah, i saw that tweet about this guy and second in ops now, power is not necessarily, you know, is not a, a mainstay in his game, but he's very solid defensively, uh, brick wall behind the plate, real strong arm, hits doubles for days, and... I'm, I'm sold. And, uh, you know, obviously, leads the league in batting average and on-base percentage. Yes. You know, and he's not in the top 30... You know, this I think this was updated mid-season. This hasn't been like updated. Well, I mean, you know, they got Jordan Leisure on there, who's just acquired. Yeah, yeah, this happened like right after the trade deadline. It was, uh, I think, August like fifteenth or something. He was leading the league in both of those statistics then too. You know, so Mm -hmm. uh, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, he was, uh, I believe, he was also a. is he the 13th or 14th round pick? And, um, you know, he doesn't get any respect because of that from national media, but they, the guy puts up numbers, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, solid behind the plate. And, uh, and what's his name again? Michael Turner. Michael Turner. All Michael right. Turner. Easy one. <laughs> yeah, that one. I like that guy. Call him up because I can pronounce his name. <laughs> uh Another question, though, just we've all seen the videos now. Like, I mean, there's no doubting this kid stuff. I'm more curious as to if you've heard anything about the injury and the timeline for Noah Schultz. 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, actually I did here. Um, so he got shut down with a shoulder impingement and they, mm-hmm. they said it was like a two week injury. He was actually back throwing after a week. Okay. Um, yeah. It, they just didn't want to ramp him back up Ooh. because it was the end of the season. Yeah, no, he's good. Yeah. I mean, those videos were, especially him going lefty lefty. That was <laughs> the so one guy buckled and almost fell down. That was amazing. Yeah. So I know, I know Ian, you've talked about some of these prospects. Maybe they're not going to rush them too fast to the system. Is Noah Schultz the opposite? Like, are they gonna? Is he gonna zoom right up faster than we think? I th- well, depending, I I would assume next year that he's gonna be healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the amount of pitching that they have added since the trade deadline, including the trade deadline, including uh, what was already here, and then the guys that they brought in in the draft, I think he still starts at Canapolis next year. And uh, at least at least for uh, the first month of the season, just because they're going to want to make sure that his innings base is good and that he can go out there and throw, you know, five innings or something, because the amount of guys that they have picked up in the draft and in the trade, you know, there's just there's so much starting pitching now. And we're you know, we're talking guys that are not just org filler. You know, when we had the, when we had the, the, uh, the rebuild as opposed to the re rebuild, um, you know, we had a lot of, uh, organizational filler guys, you know, and, and it's not, I've made myself, uh, very, uh, clear, um, that I did not like the Nick Hostetler drafts at all. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really care for him then. Um, And it's just now in retrospect, they look even worse. And uh, like the only one that was one of those guys that you could really dream on that they picked up was uh, Alec Hansen. And we know Mm -hmm. how that one, how that one worked out. Um, but uh, all the rest of the guys were uh, low ce- ceiling, high floor guys, supposedly, you know, and it, it turned out that the low ceiling was like a medium floor. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> you know, the, the starting pitching just uh, never materialized. A couple of the guys made it through, but uh, most of them ended up, uh, you know, fizzling out yep. or, or org filler guys. So, um, I don't feel that way about most of these guys now. What's up, Missy? How you doing? Um, <laughs> that was yeah. an awesome comment. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's just there's so much pitching. So uh, I de- that's why I think that he'll start still start at Candy next year. And it's not it's not a, a knock on his talent at all. I I just think that they're going to want to see him mm-hmm. get some innings in yep. and be able to put. Uh, pitches on the stat sheet, if you will, you know, just yeah. fill up the stat sheet a little bit. So that way they know that, you know, they can get 75 pitches out of them in a game. Because if you, you if you're going to put them in Winston-Salem against better competition, you don't want them out in two innings because he's throwing 35 pitches an inning, you know? Right. So no, I, I agree. And I got two more questions for you, Ian. And by the way, if I ever ask anyone listening to this to be on our show and I say, oh, we need you for 15 minutes, that's 45 minutes, just so you guys. Um, <laughs> I, I talk um, about it all night. 
But I got two two main questions here. One, Fizz would get really pissed off if we didn't ask, how's our boy Tanner McDougal looking? Um, so I, I tagged him in the uh, the last start that he had. Um, he went. Uh, he had uh, four. Oh, what's going on here? Is that Who's me? Mike is that? Um, his last start, he went uh, four. Uh, I think he went four. Uh, maybe he gave up one hit, but it might have. It might have been hitless innings in his last start. So. He put together uh, probably his best start of the season in his last start, and it's also uh, his twenty fifth start or twenty first start of the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's a you know in in my opinion that's a huge step for him because you know he's just coming back from TJ. So I was going to say another TJ season. guy. Yeah, first season after, and he made twenty one starts, and um, you know I mean I'm not going to say that there wasn't some you know, hill peaks and valleys for sure. Um, but uh, he looked good. Good. No, I'd love to hear it. And for those of you that don't know, Tanner's fits this guy from Vegas. He's been on the show with us before. He's a, just a good dude. He's an easy guy to root for. You know, he's definitely, I know we always say our guy, but like Tanner is like our guy here. Like we love Tanner on this show. Uh, hopefully we'll have him on again once the season ends. And then, uh, I guess my question to you is out of all the prospects in the system and everything like that, who gets Ian excited? Like, who are you pumped about? You watch all these tapes on all these guys. You watch all these games, you know, what guys are you pumped to see make that next step? And I mean, obviously we've talked about some of the bigger names like Noah Schultz and Colson, but is there any other guys that our listeners should be watching for or, you know? Well, I I mean, I, Michael Turner's like one of the guys that that, That's, I, yeah, that, that I that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what what happens with him next year. I'm hoping that they bump him to Double A, but you know, I was assuming that he was going to be moved to Double A, and uh, then they acquired Carroll. Right. So I was like, all right, well, there goes that. But then they bumped uh, Ivan Gonzalez and Sebastian Rivero ended up in in. Uh, in Birmingham instead of him. And he stayed back in high a and I mean, continued to rake, which is cool. Right. Um, but you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I was like, I felt that he should have gotten a, a, a bump as well. But on the other hand, I'm happy that he stayed in high a because he ended up getting uh, reps, you know, where exactly. if he was in double a, he would be catcher number two behind Carol, which, you know, if it ends up that, Caro is, you know, our main catcher, and Turner is the second, you know, the the backup. Uh, we're in great hands, you know. And from going from having okay, you know, a few guys at, at catcher that we were okay with, uh, mm-hmm. now they've got depth for days at catcher. So it's like every every affiliate should have one probably two really good catchers. It's a numbers game, baby. Yeah. One of them's got a hit. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. That's when you, you look at the top 30 and you see all this starting pitching and they're all guys that have plus plus pitches. 
and some of them can you know can really can, can really uh you know string together pitches you know so yeah um i'm looking forward to i mean i'm not gonna lie jake eater i'm really excited to see what happens with him next year okay and, you know like it, it's this season's been has been tough uh after the uh the the trade deadline for me specifically because all these guys that we acquired have all struggled since coming over but I, you know go ahead go ahead well i was going to ask you about that cuz you guys i was non when you guys were talking about jake um eater but like i noticed when he was in college he had a bit of problems with command but then the first half of this year now mind you it was a small sample size with miami the numbers were like still pretty solid despite coming off the two injuries and then it seemed like it really took a nosedive after getting traded i know some of that's change of scenery but like is there anything you would attribute that to or just maybe it was just too small of a sample size for like the miami portion of um his year to uh take too much stock into those numbers i guess well i mean uh so you remember um, Carlos Rodon, when he came back from TJ mm-hmm. and he had, you know, like a three, four starts where he looked okay, but he would get tired early. And then after that, he was useless. You know, uh, that's, that's kind of what you're looking at here with, with Jake Eater is that th- the good thing is, is that he is a little bit farther off TJ. So his arm strength was built back a little bit, probably built back a little bit more than, than Carlos was at that point. Um, but he still hadn't pitched in months because of the fractured foot. So, you know, I just, my guess is he's just gassed, you know, he's just tired. Yeah. And we were talking about before you came in, uh, we were talking about his 2021 season. And if you yeah. look at his numbers, they're phenomenal. So, um, if we, I, if we get somewhat close to that, we're we're good. Right. Mm-hmm. I did hear I part of the reason they sent him to that Arizona camp was just because it, it sounded like he lost a lot of his like fundamentals or like body placement wasn't right. They're trying to get it back into the right place where it was 2021 season. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed, because I think they're gonna need him to be in the rotation sooner rather than later. <laughs> and thank you, uh, Missy, for the super chat. But Ian, I got we gotta the people have spoken. We need some uh, some Romy Gonzalez fun facts. Um, okay, so uh, Romy Gonzalez um, in the uh, COVID off time, uh, Romy's a, a workout warrior, and uh, Romy put oh, on like about twenty pounds <laughs> of muscle in that in that. Uh, I mean, it's fifteen pounds, but uh, he... can we send those workout videos to Miss? Yeah, any do you have any uh exclusive footage of maybe a shirtless bench press session or something? I, the only pictures that uh that I saw were on his Instagram of him like uh doing his workouts and dude, no, it's, I'm sure she's Missy, she's I'm sure Missy has those bookmarks. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See there you go. Uh yeah. We we figured. Uh just Ian just just say a fun fact is he has a thing for girls named Missy, so we can all move on. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Boom. Yeah. Confirmed. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, um, and the thing is, I was a, I'm a supporter of Romy. Um, uh, you know, he was the first 2020 guy in, in Birmingham since uh, 2000 when Aaron Rowan did it. So, um, Shout out Aaron Rowan. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had faith in him, even though, uh, nobody else did. And, um, you know, oh, wait. Kinda, Somebody else had faith uh, in me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. talking, I'm talking, I'm talking pre, uh, pre Missy here, uh, on that. Cause you know, I was expecting him to, uh, to get some time and, you know, just never, never ended up materializing. And, uh, they kept on trading for guys that, uh, were close to dead and, uh, or signing them free agents and, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, and I know I keep I got another last question for you because we mentioned him earlier. I you can't go on t- Twitter now, especially White Sox Twitter, without seeing a, a White Sox daily highlight of this guy or Beef Love talking about this guy because he's a big fan of him. You mentioned him earlier. We didn't really get to talk to him too much, but if you can tell the, the listeners why they should be excited about it. it's Tim Elko, right? Yes. Yeah, um, I almost left. I almost I, I uh, knocked my uh, my beard down today, but I was gonna leave the mustache on just so I could <laughs> have a tribute to him here on this uh, on the airwaves here. Um, so he's hitting. Uh, I didn't look at his uh, his batting average here recently, but um, he's hitting right around three hundred uh, across three levels this year. He's got twenty seven home runs and uh, one hundred and one RBIs. God damn! And, um, you know the. He is a folk hero uh, uh, to Ole Miss fans. Uh, he hit f- like uh, it was either three or four home runs uh, with a torn ACL in the College World Series a few years ago. Oh and, shit! Uh, he stayed at Ole Miss after his rehab and stayed for his uh, his extra year of eligibility for that uh, COVID nonsense. And um, so he came out and uh, last year. Didn't go uh, super well, you know, uh, but the guy is, you know, he came from a, a, a winning college, uh, obviously, uh, College World mm-hmm. Series winners. Um, he came from a winning program, and the guy is fundamentally sound. He does the little things that the team, you know, he is, you know, he came from a, a program where it's, a no stars attitude type thing where everybody does their job and everybody does the things that need to work to advance the team. And, you know, obviously with him being a power hitter, um, his, his thing is to do damage and he does that, but he's also, uh, the bat to ball skill is good enough that, you know, he'll line singles all over the place just to drive in runs and won't swing hard. And he's not going to, you know, he doesn't overswing on, on most pitches, you know, on outside sliders and stuff. He'll swing and miss at them sometimes. But, uh, you know, you won't see that uh, Oscar Colas, Luis Robert uh, stuff, you know, every single right. time that he's up at bat. Um, yeah, I just – I I I like the guy's profile and the guys in the the – and all the clubhouses he's been in, uh, absolutely adore him. Uh, all the f- the fan base for Ole Miss is rabid. It's like if you see those if you see those tweets and you look at the numbers on those tweets, mm-hmm. like Ole Miss fans are just all over that dude. <laughs> you know? So for those of you that don't know, Tim's not a small guy. He's uh, 6'4", 240 pounds, twenty four year old. Um, this year in twenty twenty three, as Ian mentioned. Uh, just under 500 at bats. He's got 146 hits, 27 home runs, 101 RBIs. He's hitting an even 300 with an OBP of 352 and an OPS of 886. 
this that sounds useful to me. Like that sounds like a guy that you know I might roll. And like you mentioned, he has a hell of a mustache, which Southside Chicago loves that. <laughs> Apparently, like I didn't even know that story that he was hitting bombs with the tour, you know, whatever. There you go. That's grit. So now we check that box for the White Sox and South because if and when he makes it to the big level, that story will become like folklore about him. And it'll go from like he hit a couple home runs with a torn ACL to like he had like a boot on his leg and like one of his arms got amputated. And yeah, I mean, oh, you mentioned it, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned it. Playoffs, that's going to be like they're going to show that if the White Sox ever become a perennial playoff contender, people are going to get, you know, other teams, fan bases are going to go get so sick of hearing, you know, about Tim Elko and his torn ACL from the college world series. They're just going to be incensed about it. And uh, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'd never heard that story before. So I appreciate because that. That's going to be his MLB, the show uh, announcer oh, yeah. fact. Oh my God. That's going to get so <laughs> Tim Elko annoying. back in the college oh, world series. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Ian. Although Mitch, you got anything left for anything else for Ian? I don't know. I said I told you a half hour, and <laughs> an hour. But well, I was going to ask one thing because I've been I've been talking about it for months about the White Sox, and uh, you know, obviously they've done trades and the, through the draft they gotten more pitching. But a 2024 question: Who is coming up to fill in? Because like we all know, White Sox need starting rotation help. Like, so who is one guy, maybe two, but who is the one guy who you think should be competing for a job out of spring training for that rotation? Uh, for, from the young guys? From the young, like anyone at Triple A? Is there anyone yeah, close? I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Nick Nostrini, is going to okay. be the guy. He had, a, he had a rough outing today, and uh, I'm going to say in his last. Uh, in an inning, the I think it was the first inning in his last start, he had like f- three wild pitches in the first inning and uh, threw one to the backstop as well. Um, I think that it's probably going to be him, but, um, you know, I, you know, Zoe, I know you know, uh, Urania and uh, Luis Patino both got picked yep. up. Yep. I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, you know, those guys are probably going to end up in the starting rotation to start the year next year. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. One last question for you. Speaking of Dodgers <laughs> trade, this maybe thing. One of the guys I was high on in that trade at the time was Jordan Leisure. I thought it was a sneaky underrated pickup, just kind of looking at his numbers, especially the scouting grades on his fastball. How has he been doing? Does he have any potential with the team? Oh, yeah, yeah, 80 grade face, yeah. 80 grade fastball. This dude fucking brings heat. Yeah, yeah. it's 90, it's 98 miles an hour, and it's got uh, nice, like really nice carry on it. Um, and his uh, slider's really good. Uh, they also, uh, when he moved to uh, when he when he came to Charlotte, they started teaching him a curveball as well. He struck somebody out on it the other night. Hmm. Um, I don't know what his ERA is, and uh. I haven't looked at it in Charlotte because I stopped looking at stats in Charlotte uh, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, right now it's four sixty three. Yeah, that's I, yeah. I think he had like one bad one bad game and one triple A stats. He's in triple A, right? Yeah, he's in Charlotte. Triple yeah, triple A stats are so deceiving, especially for pitchers. 
Mm -hmm. you might see that four, four, six, three. That's like not bad at triple A. <laughs> yeah, the weird yeah. thing was though is that um well, I guess he didn't really go. Yeah, I guess he wasn't in the PCL, so I guess it didn't really matter. But um yeah, the 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 uh, truest truest field down in Charlotte is the, the park factor at that place is is like it is kind of parallel to like course field type thing. Yeah. You know? Um so you know, yeah, you know, Nestrini gave up uh, two two home runs today in the in uh, the same inning, and um, neither one of those was a uh, Park Factor home run. <laughs> they were both just smashed. But um, but yeah, they, you know, uh, one of the home runs that uh, Leisure gave up was uh, dropped like right on top of the fence, uh, and, you know, and hit the hit like the backside of the yellow on the on the fence. So. I, you know he's he's nasty. He'll 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 be up next year for sure. There you go, Mitch. And then for Aldo, just to sprinkle this in, I know he's not in the White Sox system, but you've seen him play against the White Sox enough. And now he's up and now he's up in the show, and the kid runs a million miles an hour. You know what? From you watching all the the minor league games, what's your opinion on PCA? Uh, if you do a search on uh, uh, PCA. From uh, colon daily White Sox, uh, you'll see uh, a few a few things on uh, on our, our account from when he was playing against the Barons uh, when he was on Smokies. Uh, one of them was when he uh, got struck out and he broke a bat over his knee. Um, oh, Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and then there's uh, another one where he made an error in right field and then he uh, he raged out in the outfield. Uh, I, I really like him as a player. Uh, his his skill set's phenomenal. Um, I just think that he's got some maturing to do, you know? Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He's just got some rage issues, you know, and uh, if he can yes. manage to, uh, like, kind of chill out a little bit, uh, he'll be he'll be solid. I mean, he's going to be a solid player regardless. I just think, yeah. you know, he doesn't want to give himself a coronary. He should chill out a little bit, you know? Carlos well, I, version of the outfit. I mean, he's more or less like uh, Carlos Quentin. You know, he might end up, Ooh, might yeah. end up breaking his. Breaking I was gonna say, I hope I, I don't want any broken uh, bones. <laughs> well, the good thing is he's gonna be in the outfield probably next to Cody Bellinger a lot, and they'll hang out. Cody knows how to uh, chill people out if you catch what I'm saying. I so I haven't wanted to say this, but like, I mean, the other fans have, and they've noticed it too, especially all his or some of his defensive highlights. We all know that at Wrigley, behind that ivy, it's a brick wall, and this dude is reckless. He, I mean, you love you love the effort, right? But yeah. they're gonna have to sit down with him and be like, "Hey, man, the there's some plays goes, that like just shit, take it that... off the wall because we don't want you out for two months because you not worth through Smiley's. I mean, you might have a fucking Wiley Coyote situation with him <laughs> in the brick wall. I mean, that's fucking. Scary. I didn't even think of that. that he's so fast. Yeah, if no. He, if, yeah. yeah, holy shit. You know, there's yeah. been plays like at AAA right before he was called up where he just smashed. I mean, he made the catch, but he yep. banged right up against the wall. We're like, yeah. hey, man. Drew Smiley's ERA not worth it, but Justin Steele. Yeah, there you Maybe. go. Get that Cy yeah, Young. Trying get, yeah, trying to get him that <laughs> board. Um, yeah, I, I really like him. And another guy that I really liked, and I was uh, – when I forget who was – somebody was trying to trade um, – somebody on the white Sox or somebody on the cubs at some point and i said i wanted uh i was like that's cool just give us jordan wicks 
and uh, he looks really good. Uh, I watched him with the pitch with the Smokies against the Barons, and he impressed me a lot every time he every time he was out there. So that's one guy where not all of it, not all the times that you saw the box score met what you saw on video. Yep, hundred percent. You know, like the thing about him is that. He's one of those guys, uh, and this is one thing that I've I've seen. You know, the White Sox have also kind of been going for um, some of those analytical darling guys, like uh, Tanner McDougal being one of those guys. You know, where you look at the elite spin rates on his curveball, and he's got nice carry on his fastball. Um, but they've also been uh, picking up some guys here and there that are guys that can just pitch. You know, um, they might have. Uh, you know, middle of the road fastballs, but they've got nice breaking balls and they know how to pitch. And that's what Jordan Wicks does. You know, uh, the White Sox, uh, Mason Adams is one of those guys um, where he doesn't have like any numbers in particular that are like explosive. Um, But he just goes out and every time he goes out and pitches, it's five or six innings. It's a quality start. And he strikes out like seven, eight guys, you know, um, and he's one. Wicks is one of those guys. He just knows how to get people out. He knows how to pitch, and uh, he's good. <laughs> there we go. Well, love Ian, love thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and find all your good videos and all your good work. Yeah. So um, I'm at at I Eskridge on uh, on Twitter. Um, at Daily White Sox is. Uh, the, the the handle that I'm on all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I hardly ever use my personal account, really. Um, uh, lots of video for the uh, the White Sox minor league stuff on at Daily White Sox. Uh, White Sox. That's part of my feed, if I'm being honest. White Sox. Yeah, I was going to say, if you are a White Sox fan and you want to have any kind of clue on what's going down on the farm and you're not following Daily White Sox, you're fucking up. I'll just say it. You're fucking up. You got to go follow Ian. You guys do great work. Thank you so much for all you do. Cause like all those said, it's kind of a, an overlooked and how much effort that does take. And you know, with all the different minor league affiliates and their, <laughs> their video coverage isn't always the greatest in the world. And uh, appreciate you filtering all that out. I just, I've always wanted to just say that. I mean, I've typed it to you, but I wanted to say it. So thank you for all of that, man. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you sure. joining our show and answering my stupid questions as we go on uh but ian thank you very much and uh hopefully you know we'll probably have you back on closer to when the season gets started next year and we can talk about where you think guys are going to start and uh yeah spring training stuff like that so lots of spring training videos the return of oscar colas you know but i got i got i got things to say about that but uh i don't want to eat up all your time no, you're good. Well, Ian, thank you again so much for being on, and uh, Thanks, Ian. definitely be in touch, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yep. So, well, I need your guys' thoughts on Oscar Cole. On Oscar Cole. <laughs> oh yeah, um, we can. Uh... All right. So. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, I, I, mean, I got. Yeah. It. First of all, thank you, Ian, for coming on, man. Ian, I'm not. Like I said, I said it while I was here. I'll say it while he's not here. If you need to follow Daily White Sox. I mean, especially now when the team's back to being horse shit and it's like, I like how he said the retanked, but that's where you're going to find out who's coming up. That's where you're going to see the videos of who's in there, who's not, what's going on. Like follow Daily White Sox. Yeah. And that's the thing. 
you would think MLB, MILB, they've invested so much in the new video library. It is still very difficult like to shit. find highlights of minor league stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> so the, and he tweets it in almost doing it is great. And he tweets it almost in real, like every night in my Twitter feed is like pretty much almost to the minute. At White every Sox level from, too. Yes. They do not fucking miss a beat. I don't know what kind of system he has set up, but like, there's no way he can like watch all of those games. So like when somebody hits a base clearing double in high A and then someone hits a home run in triple A and the, he has those tweets out like back to back, it's like, how the fuck do you do that? Like would have been a good uh, question for him. It would have been, but yeah, you don't magician, you don't want to know what's funny. Yeah, you don't you don't want that. You don't want to review. But Oscar Collis, let's talk oh, about Oscar Collis. Man. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, Go ahead, thought, Matt. Uh, let her rip. Hey, this is how you know it's bad. Because at this point in the year, where there's like 20 games left, and they're already eliminated from the postseason, it should be like all about development, where you're playing yes. rubs to see what you got. 100%. The fact that, one, he got sent down for the second time during this period, that, that's yep. concerning enough. Two, Chuck Garfine, ultimate homer, was blatantly just like, yeah, this guy's not a major league hitter. So that's all I also know is bad. And then three, you got Pedro Grafol and Chris Getz just dogging him. They're like his fundamentals are terrible. He's got to work on the fundamentals. So like, what the hell has he been doing in the minor leagues this whole time? That's where it's like very concerning because you could see a lot of stupid mistakes. And mm-hmm. it was like everywhere. It wasn't just at the plate because we talked I, like earlier in the year with runners in scoring position. His approach was terrible. He swings at way too many pitches. They're usually out of the zone. If you look at his like chase rate, it's at like, almost 40%. Yep. Like that is that is really, really concerning. Saw that and right away. Like 4.6. He doesn't hit the ball all that hard when he does, but there's base running blunders. You see, he makes a lot of errors in the field. He is tied for third in the American League and errors for right fielders. Which by the way, he has not played the full season. Yeah, he missed That's like kind of, three months. Kind of concerning. <laughs> Six in the AL if you conclude all outfield positions. Six in the AL, I believe, if you include all outfield positions. But the fact he's tied for third in the amount of games he's played, that's concerning. It is clear that he is not the future in right field. I hope he works on it in the offseason. But, like, I think it's pretty obvious you cannot trust him if you expect to contend, which is also laughable, the fact they're saying they're going to contend next year, but that's another story. But, like, yeah, he can't be trusted moving forward. I think he got to move on. It's just so bad because, like, I mean, again, we talked about it heading into the season. Like, they were talking, they knew after the season ended in 2022 that heading into 2023, that's why they didn't sign like anyone to play right field. Like, they knew, Mm -hmm. like, all right, we got Colas, we got this kid, we're going to give him the job, which again, you can argue for it against if that was the right decision. But, like, where was, where was the drive? Where was the, where was the so, coaching? Where was like staying on his ass? Be like, hey, dude, you better be prepared. Like you're good. Like you're heading. You're gonna be in a you know quote unquote competition spring training. But like we're basically giving you the keys here. It's your job to lose. And hey, to his credit, he did you know good job hitting wise in spring training. But through during all this time, you bring in a new manager who's saying you know we're gonna work on the little things. We're gonna be good fundamentally. Where was this with like your youngest player? <laughs> Who you're bringing so, out to start, like, and then and then you bring him down after his first month where he sucked. He's at AAA for you know two three months. Th- th- where was the coaching there? Like, what the hell were they doing this entire time? So I've heard a couple two three things. You know, I got a little birdies. I hear unless things. it's just terrible. People just thought, well, I mean, he's very physically gifted, as Ian just mentioned in the comments there, but. I feel like 
Oscar's one of those guys that in his mind, he's Ronald Acuna. And no one's going to tell him different. And he's kind of a pr- And from what I've been told is he's kind of a prick about it. And he's oh, very, I do remember, there's, remember that. He's I think very there conceited. That he's very, year, yeah, he's very, I'm Oscar Cole as fuck off type attitude. Like he thinks he's earned something he hasn't yet in Major League Baseball. And there was the rumors about him like leaving the dugout in between at-bats in the minor leagues to go like, DM girls on Instagram and shit like that. Like, and hey, the game's the game. Yeah. So, come on. And then, you know, I don't want to get too much into it because, again, I don't like going into hearsay and all that other shit. Shout out to the White Sox. They just lost their 90th game. Um, yeah, the season series to the Royals. <laughs> but, uh, we all predicted them at least yeah. to win 88. <laughs> yep. Dude, everybody God, did. Damn. Like, but, no, I'm just uh, saying, yeah, I mean, yeah, myself included. Yeah, so, yeah, Oscar is, uh, he's got some work to do on Oscar. Like, the the physical gifts are there. It's just. Like, I mean, at this point, I think Mitch, you wrote about it. He's not, he's not going to be. It's it's tough to coach a guy that, picture. it's tough to coach a guy that doesn't think he needs to be coached. It's It'd be one thing if he was, like, some young kid. And I know he just got to the States. A year ago, yeah, but he's but, not young, and, and but he's he's gonna be twenty five, and he like, can rent a car, like, yeah, like young, rent a car, dirty. <laughs> that should be our new basis of uh, uh you <laughs> know, rent- of criticizing prospects for like young guys coming up. If you can rent a car, you should be able to handle yourself professionally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's that, and I think Mitch, you you really nailed that, uh, the nail on the head there, where. The White Sox are a 90-loss team right now, and they're just basically trying to get to the finish line just to end the season and forget it ever happened. And this is when you want to call some of these guys up. You want to see what you got in these younger players. You want to get them uh, major league reps. And the fact that they sent Oscar down is very tell. It's a very loud move. And Ian says in the comments, he was disciplined in Japan and sent to the minor leagues there and then sat out of a set out of competitive baseball for two and a half years. He's a prick. Let's just, I, I'm just going to call it what it is. He's just an asshole. And that's sad. It's disappointing. I had very high expectations for him. I thought they were getting the real deal. The hype train was huge on him. As Missy says in the comments, there was rookie of the year bowl predictions. I think I actually bet it the... somewhere. The other part about that too is it's like it, I mean obviously you know Grafol and we can you know trash Grafol Chris Getz obviously in charge of the minor leagues just development for the whatever amount of time but like you could also see it from his teammates like I think yeah. one of the games in Kansas City last week I think it was when he fucked up in the outfield and like the game ended and you can see him I think uh, Jamarglis for uh, uh, Sox Machine wrote about it how like you know Elvis Andrews is in, like in the dugout and like. You know, the game's over. Uh, MC <laughs> MC Sports Chicago is like fading out, and you can see Elvis Andrews uh, talking to Colas and you know Luis Roberts right there, and they're like, "Dude, I, like, what were you thinking out there? You, yeah, you. Why the hell were you throwing to third? I'm right here. I'm like waving my or throw to third, whatever it was, and like, and then there's like another play where he there was almost a collision or there was a collision. It's like, hey man, 
Yeah. Stop, stop. At the minimum, stop almost injuring other players. Yeah, you're going to get some. Could you imagine if you heard Luis Robert? I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I'll be the first to criticize Pedro Grafol and, like, we are not afraid to criticize them and Chris. But, like, in this instance, I'm very glad he was so direct with it because, one, yep. if you're going to try and build the so called culture, you got you to gotta hold guys accountable. Um, for like, cause like you said, he was missing cutoff guys. It was a lot of stupid fundamental things. It'd be one thing mm-hmm. if he's just up there struggling, but a lot of those mistakes were within his control, like the base running gaffes, missing a cutoff guy. So I'm glad they were point blank and being like, yeah, this guy needs to go back down there and work on his fundamentals. Like good for him for calling him out. Is the white Sox developmental system. Perfect. Fuck no, but I don't think this one's on them. I think this is just an internal attitude, like he's just an asshole type thing. Uh, shout out Matty Mitch. Uh, he Matty Mitch yes. with the super chat. He hit a nice little parlay on the Cubs loss today, and he included a KB Homer for Fids. Keep up the good work, fellas. Appreciate you, Matty. Thank, Thank you very much. Great, great uh, hit on that. You guys see his yeah. parlay that hit? No, I didn't see it. Oh, it was. I mean, I mean it's got to be. A he, he had three different guys to Homer. The Rockies to win. Uh, what was the other one? It was, I think it, the odds were like 6,700. Okay, shit. Appreciate oh, yeah, no, it. No, no. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, blow a spot up in case, uh, you know, the IRS is watching. The IRS are checking in here, but, uh, yeah. it was a healthy, healthy win for Manny Mitch. Shout out, man. Well, we I'm glad at least it. the Cubs, uh, poor performance helped out, Manny. Appreciate the love, though, Manny. Thank you very much. And yeah, I think. When it all said and done with Cole, it's just to kind of put a bow on it. This is it from Ian. He needs to be humbled. Yeah. I think that's it. And that, I mean, but like, and I think, and I think that's going to continue until next season. We're like, hopefully, like again, they, they have to go, they have to go into next year being like, yeah, Cole, like you're at, at best, you're a backup. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> a guy like Luis Robert. Or a guy like Aloy, and we've seen him in the videos, like when he made the team, and Aloy's like, call your mom. You know, like, I feel like they can kind of do the older brother role with him, but it obviously didn't work this year. So it's going to be tough doing that when he's in Charlotte. That's true. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And then the other, I guess, bit of White Sox news that Zostradam is called like two years ago is uh, Michael Kopech got moved to the bullpen. I'm with you, Mitch, I think. I think I read that eye roll right. Yeah. What do you got, um, Mitch? <laughs> no, I mean, it was about time for him. We couldn't make it past the fifth damn inning. Like, he would... Well, it's, it's concerning because he's probably going to be back in the rotation next year, but... Maybe. I mean... Like, I think I just out of need, out of pure need. Yeah. He's yeah. Have to be. Well, we'll see what happens this offseason, but like, uh, I'm liking in these no point games when he's come out of the bullpen, right? He's hitting 9,800 miles an hour. If he's the type of guy, though, if you told him, like, bro, you got a fucking inning, just go throw as hard as you can. Hasn't he still been? I'll be, I mean, that's that's a great sign that he's throwing harder, but like at this point in his career, where they're at now. Like, I don't give a rat's ass how hard he's throwing. You I know, he's been bad. He's been he's bad. He's every, single, every single time he's out. He's never been a bullpen. So I'm giving him the benefit there. But the stuff is there. 
And I know that, Kopik's twenty seven. He could rent the car too. Know, time to, time to get it going. Kopik. What I'm saying, and we've talked about this on the show before. If they know he's going to be in the bullpen next year, and he gets a whole off season to like I don't, prepare, they, they've, they've already arm, said though. That's the thing, though. They can never commit to something. They already said is, yeah, we're moving him to the bullpen for the end of this season. He's still going to be a starting pitcher for us. Well then, yeah, you can't fuck the guy's fragile. You can't really be doing that to him. It's just like because like. It could work, but like at this point, if the if ultimately Kopech does get moved to the bullpen, like yeah, he can be good, but like you you just lose so much value because again, we all know if you're a starting pitcher, you're more valuable than a bullpen guy. If if he keeps if he doesn't have any control, like he's not gonna he's not gonna work out in the bullpen either. It's you can't have a guy coming in walking three guys in an inning and hope he gets out of it. And what's so disappointing watching him now. Like, if you go back to when the White Sox were, like, exciting and all these guys were having their debuts. Like, I was at the Dylan Cease debut. Remember how exciting that was? But, like, Kopech, I think, out of everyone that debuted, was by far, I think, had the most anticipation behind it. It was probably, like, the most electric before it got, like, rained out. Like, he was the guy, especially, like, you saw right away. The stuff was there. He struck out three guys. In front, and you're like, all right, like, this guy's real deal. And then now looking at him, like, flounder the way he is. It's just like, what the, what the hell happened? It, like, it's just... Because they tried the bullpen. I think he was good then, too, in 21, right, when he came back? He was. He was for the first half of the year, up until almost like the Field of Dreams game was kind of like the turning point, he was very good out of the bullpen. And then you could tell, like, the back half, it looked like he kind of got fatigued a little bit. Yeah, he got worn down. He huh? started to increase. He kind of, like, plateaued. Uh, but he was very – I mean, he was solid first first three months of the season. Yeah, I remember – sorry, I was finishing my food there. But I remember his – debut and it rained and then his next uh when he was next up he it rained and yes. then it was like the big thing like thor brings the thunder and lightning Davis. or whatever and like yeah dude it was it was big and he's definitely one i mean there's been the the off the field stuff with the the kid and the divorce and all that stuff and then he killed all his social media because he's a spiritual dude and like I just, just pitch, dude. Like, I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. We've talked about that with other players. I just, just please pitch. Just be good. That, but, what sucks, too, when you get, uh, Zoe, when you started talking about the, you know, how the Sox are 90 loss team now. Yep. Um, but like, and like not bringing up some of the younger guys to finish out the season, at least see what they got. It's that, and I think they kind of alluded to it when Chris Getz was introduced to his new job. It's like, they're not really interested in a full re retake. It's so the, like they're they're using they're that, be yeah they're classic doing that, half-assing whites. Yeah, they're doing that stupid. This isn't a rebuild; it's a retool, which is the worst phrase in professional sports. Which again, we can like sure we get mad at the messaging, whatever at the words, but like as long yeah. as you get the job done, because then we've seen it with the Cubs, same situation. Mm-hmm. But like the problem is that that we've seen it with the White Sox is. Ultimately, and it's it's always going to come back to this. You can do a great job developing players. You can do a great job making trades and bringing in good talent from other teams. But at the end of the day, you are eventually at one point at either uh, starting pitcher, a position player or two. You have to spend in free agency. And I just don't know when this team, because they're one fucking deal. I know we talked about Benintendi a couple weeks ago, but man, this dude is, he's not good. 
Yeah. What if that scares Jerry? He's like, I spent $75 million on this guy. <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, I, I still don't think he had a bad season, but like, I get what you're talking about. Like they probably it's, thought Ben intended. It's like, all right, man, he's going to be 300 hitter. He'll play gold glove defense and left. And he just hasn't been that. Mitch, are you, are you, are you leaving us, bud? No. No. <laughs> Yeah, you want a full time NASCAR pod? We we have we the White Sox are creating minute. NASCAR pods. I know today's <laughs> NASCAR minute will be worth the wait. Wait, um, yeah, oh, don't don't coming back with a good one. And I mean, it's not like NASCAR's in the playoffs is, right now, right? Playoffs, yeah, playoffs. It's not like this is like a stacked free agent year either. You know, no. like, oh yeah, have, they can't do it. Well, that's the thing. They're it was funny like, listening to Pedro Perez. He, and one of his classic Pedro quotes, they're asking him, like, what they need to do for, like, next year. He's like, well, we need to improve offensively and the pitching staff and our base running and our coaching. And Basically, I, we need to yeah. improve everywhere. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, like, this name, this free agent list would have been sick, like, 10 years ago. I mean, it's like Otani. He's not coming to White Sox. But then it's like Strowman, Javi Baez, Joey Votto, Charlie Morton, Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> Jock Peterson, Lance Lynn, Grandal, Michael Conforto, Charlie Blackman. You guys are, are finally going to get Jock, and he's going to decline. I, get I swear to God. Gonna be I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be Charlie Blackman. Yeah, yeah I can see I it. I feel, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. you know who's going to be your starting second baseman because he's doing it again, just like he did it last year. Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews, baby. And that pisses me off. I like, I like Elvis. I got no problem with Elvis. I know he's like one of the only guys actually like giving a shit right now on the team. But like, mm-hmm. why? Just bring up like Brian Ramos or some of these kids. Like, just start giving these kids major league reps. You know, like. Why is Grant Dawson? I, I I'm gonna hand up. I've checked out of. Checking he started. Out of he started game. catching tonight. Why? It's a big why? game. Yeah, the series is on the line. They had to put yes. <laughs> season series mm-hmm. the Royals. I, I was gonna what? I was gonna joke, but I think there are. You can bet before the season. You can bet who wins the season series between two teams. So it uh, was huge for some people, maybe. But I mean, like, <laughs> that was really funny how the NBC Sports Net was trying to. Angle at like that, like, like oh, guys, tonight. Please watch tonight. Yeah, There's yeah. no one going to games. That was the tough part. I know everybody's doing their jokes. They got the jokes off, which you know they're, they're oh. gonna do it anyway. But I mean, that was just unfair situation. You know, unexpected doubleheader afternoon weekday, and then there was like 25 people at the game. Yeah, yeah. You can. Oh, it, it reminded me of like the COVID games. Like you could hear everything on the field. Yeah. I've definitely was, been a doubleheader like that even before. Actually, it was wrong. Zach Granke was pitching. It was against the Astros. It was a doubleheader. And he's usually pretty loud anyway, but didn't matter where you were in the ballpark. You could hear everything he said. Grunts, cuss <laughs> words, everything. I can't, I can't remember her name, but she's one of the managing editors for uh, our friends over at Sox on 35th. And she tweeted out, like, I can hear the bullpen phone ringing. <laughs> Like, I don't think she was kidding either. Like, I think she could, like, literally. You can probably hear the conversation for when uh, Katz called out. Yeah, she knew, like, who was going in before, yeah, or who was getting up to get ready. But quick live at the Royals. (laughs) 
the last White Sox thing that I wanted to bring up, you guys are more than welcome to bring up uh, whatever you want, is do you know how absolutely frustrating it is to watch what Yohan Moncada is doing right now? <laughs> yeah. It's it. So I for have, those of you have, that don't know. I have a plot twi- or a spins in. Before tonight's game, Yohan Moncada was on reach base safely in 19 out of the last 20 games. He's slashing 351, 385, 568. That's 26 for 74. Four doubles, four home runs, 16 RBIs, 10 runs scored. I think he got a hit tonight, too, actually. So this is what I imagine a healthy Moncada looks. I hope he's not one of those guys that only shows up when it doesn't matter. But... So I, I think you're right just because he started to heat up. And I remember even before he got this hot, we were writing, so I wrote something about it because the Sox from the dog days. There's nothing really to write about with the right. game, but it was like, hey, like Moncada's starting to hit well, and it was right after he had said in a post game thing, like, yeah, my back is finally feeling good, and now I think it is. Like you're seeing the results now that his back is healthy. I think that did hinder his swing a little bit. So I mean, I'd, I'd rather him be doing this, I guess, than sucking. At the very least, you know, maybe well, yeah. a little bit if we want to ship him out. Yeah, no. this, this, I I get it. I get I. 100% get why you're frustrated because, like, where the hell is this the past, you know, five months? Yeah. But if you are sick and tired of Yon Mankata, this is a great thing because it raises his value. Sox can say. Chris Getz, he's different. He can go out in the office and be like, hey, Yon Mankata, look what he did. He was healthy. He was, you know, he had his back issue all season That's long. True. He was playing through injury. That's why he suffered numbers-wise. But he finally got healthy around, you know, August. Look at him, what he did the last six weeks. And then, hey, Sox fans get their wish. Yohan Moncada's gone. You get rid of that contract. And you bring or, up Tim Elko, dude, we were just talking about. Yeah. Or two, hey, he, well, it's a little harder because he can't stay healthy. But, hey, he's healthy. He is actually good when he's healthy. So, yay. With our, right? Yeah, but with our luck, he'll, like, break his ankle in a nightclub in northwest Indiana or some <laughs> shit in the fucking right. off season. I've never questioned the talent with Moncada. No, absolutely not. It's that, like an attitude thing. And you always saw the bad body language. And then when all the reports came out that like, yeah, there's guys like skipping practice. Like the first guy that's I thought of was like Moncada. Yeah. And it's like Jesse Rogers part. tweeted something too. It's like, yeah, it's the guys you would expect. Moncada was named as one of them. And it's like not surprising at all. I, that, that would be my biggest concern is making sure he's engaged and healthy next year. So let's just say on paper right now, you don't know the names, but let's just say on paper, it, it looks like a decent return. The, like heading into the office or heading into uh, 2024. Do you guys just want to buy? Buy yeah. Mankata? Okay. Bye. Especially if I know Pedro's coming back next year. Like it's obvious he did not establish his culture. Uh, <laughs> current crop of guys. So if you have any hope of fixing that locker room disaster, uh, you're gonna have to ship out a lot of the guys that were in there last year, and then give. But I mean, a chance to establish the culture. Even tonight with Ian, a lot of the guys we talked about are technically third basemen. Like that, Tim Elko's a third baseman. The uh, technically play third. Yeah, uh, I mean, who else did we talk about? Nick Madrigal, nope. and you guys trade for him in the offseason. <laughs> My God, uh, I mean. There's they got a couple guys like Brian Ramos. That's another name we didn't even get to him tonight. But yeah, he could play third. He is a third baseman. All right, let's Cubs Cubs take that contract. You guys get Nick Madrigal. 
Why do you are so insistent on giving up the White Sox back, Nick Madrigal? Elko is a first baseman. Sorry, MLB stats have him listed at third. But um, Nick Madrigal tied with Manny Machado for most defensive runs saved this year at third. Yeah, so you should stay on the Cubs. Well, he can't hit, and he's a very dumb base runner. He's a very dumb base runner. I don't he's get like a White Sox already. I, I know we're talking about White Sox right now, but I did want to ask you guys. because No, go ahead. We're at the official, we're over an hour and a half. So when, when the White Sox drafted Nick Madrigal, was the scouting report that he was like high IQ player? Yes. What yes. the hell happened? Because <laughs> he did it with the White Sox. No. He's uh, five years his... later, or you know, three years later, still doing with the Cubs. This dude is dumb. He like, didn't have a chance because of... Because this, of dude is dumb. this dude is dumb. This dude man. is dumb. And I'm not being biased. I'll say it too. Christopher Mel, who I love, he's also a very dumb base runner. But Nick Madrigal was, hey, coming out of Oregon State, smart dude, baseball IQ, off the charts. This dude doesn't know how to read a situation. Sounds about COVID year, it's because like, during the COVID year, it cost him a year to uh, really learn how to play baseball the right way under Chris Getz. Uh, <laughs> like Jerry's really, to get his full Chris Getz experience, uh, 101, how to play baseball. So I think yeah. that's what you see yeah i mean my favorite thing is uh that gif of him blowing the sign at third and just running through it and getting tagged like it, it wasn't that bad it wasn't as bad so or bad. the Fucking gif I wasn't as funny this favorite. time around but he did it again in colorado he had a uh, ball down the right field line he's going around second no, he's leading off the inning the cubs are losing by two so he would already be in scoring position. He goes to third base. Willie Harris did have his hands up, and then he slide. It was a close play, but like still, you didn't have to force it there. It's like Rick Rick Sutcliffe, who's doing the doing the games this weekend in Colorado for the Cubs. That's a guy who sometimes they get annoyed by, but he's also like the old school guy who doesn't care. He's a made man. He'll say whatever he wants about whoever, and he was blasted. He goes like, "What are you doing, man?" What are you doing right there? Hold on. I ha- I knew I had this bookmarked. The magical gift? Yeah, this is hilarious. Hold on. I got to minimize it so I can share my screen. But, yeah, this is – I just want to show it to everyone because it, it makes <laughs> me laugh all the time. Uh, tab – oh, no, I just had to – hey, need... You guys don't want him back? We don't need sound for it. You can just watch. So there's Nick. There's the coach. Oh, my. He's not even at the really? There's Willie with both. Like, just stop, you stupid little fuck. And then here's what happens. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, that was Sutcliffe, too. <laughs> Look up. Now, this time watching, just watch Willie Harris. Willie Harris wants to tackle. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> It looks like Madrigal almost has his head down. Like, what are you trying to do? Stop! It's great that Sutcliffe was also on that call, and then he because he does. I'm I'm thinking about it now. He does like the West Coast games on the road. It's just that's that's really funny, man. But oh man, that's good times, good times. But at least you guys got PCA up, man. I wanted to talk that kid. The catches he was making in Colorado, the one in the right field gap, right oh, center gap. He's made, like that's his play. He's he had like three, two or three of those in 2022, 
down if in like single done, like, A. Uh, the like the Amazon like advanced stats on it and how much ground he covered and how fast yeah. it was because I want to know. He's all. I think he's he's already saved like three runs in two games. Um, I do have to say though, the hitting, the hitting, it, that's gonna have to wait a little. <laughs> he, I know, uh, I know. Kevin tweeted out the he compared the hitting stats between PCA and Chris Bryant because like they're you know they're the last two biggest hyped up Cubs prospect. You know, Chris Bryant obviously a lot better hitter. PCA twenty one. The hype is mostly because like his de- like his defense as we saw in Colorado. He's already like top. Th- I this just, isn't I just didn't. me. This isn't just me. Cubs fan. No. Oh, love PCA. This is he, me. Sox he, fan. Like, only he's already top two, top three, like center fielder in the game. I had no idea he was that fast. Oh yeah. Like that, Mitch. Did you see this catch we're talking about? I don't think I did. I was trying to look it up. Do the do the right center field. Where's the? Yeah, let me find this bad boy because this is just. I mean. He's so quick, and I I know I, I back in twenty twenty. I, I thought somebody fast forwarded it, dude. I really did. I thought <laughs> back in twenty twenty. Like, I remember I was making fun of Chuck Garfine because he was like coming himself every time Lee Robert would wait to catch. Like it's it's to that point with uh with PCA. Oh, here, here, I got because he made another catch in Colorado that looked not as yeah. hard, but he just zoomed right past uh you, Mitch, right into left center. This is by the way, this is the number two play on ESPN top ten. Decent. Yeah, here, watch this. Mitch, just watch how much ground he covers and how fast he is. Davis kept singles. There you go. What what, what teams were you? I I can't even remember. It was just good. Yeah, you're locked in on Davis cups. Oh, hey, Crow Armstrong. Second. Pause the video. Look where he starts. Yeah. Look where he starts. Like right when they get to the outfield. Come on. Come on. All right. He's right here. He makes the catch right here. Like say Suzuki is right by the post. Oh, yeah, that's what I was why I was like, oh, but I mean he covers like this is just locked in on Davis Cups. Oh, hey, Crow Armstrong. He almost overran it. He starts like, here, dude. He makes the catch at the five of this sign. That's fucking gross, man. He is fast as fuck. I know dude. he's not like, Davis Cups. Oh, hey, Crow Armstrong. His second and then he did the Trey Turner slide and pop up. Like, what up? I oh, know he's like, I mean, badass. Yeah, he is what he is. Everything that Ian said, he's a hothead, needs to mature a little. But he's he's a cocky son of a bitch. But I love it. Like, it, obviously, he's a guy. He's on your team. You're gonna love it. Opposing, you're gonna hate him. He's that guy. Like he, especially defensively now, because he knows it. He's the shit. He like he knows he's the shit in center field. Like I think he oh, told uh, about- said uh, said in so that was Tuesday's game. On Wednesday, he was like, "Yeah, uh, saw him in the elevator." He's like, "Yeah, I should make those catches." Well, he <laughs> needs to get uh, Cody Bellinger. Just needs to take him on a, a little cruise and let him. Uh, well, the, the Cubs had a problem with them. Maybe too much cruising in Colorado this week. <laughs> Cause, yeah, cause yeah they well, got yeah, lucky. Go. Living it up, getting it swept. Maybe he comes out back from Colorado all of a sudden a little calmer because he got into some of them uh, Colorado goodies. <laughs> Cody introduced him to some Colorado goodies, and now he's just like, whatever, man. I'm good. <laughs> Speaking of that, there was a moment in, when was it? Was it Monday night's game, maybe? I forget what game it was. It might have been Tuesday night. <laughs> Edward Alzali, uh Cubs closer, he's on the injured list right now. But in Colorado, they have, like, the bushes in Centerfield, like most ballparks. They have, like, some sort of shrubbery in the outfield. We've got bush. 
Yeah. He, like the, the umpire had to stop the game. Just like um, there's like someone you know like by the batter's eye, and it was just Edward. I was like he like was he like smoking in behind the bushes? Like whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had the look though. He had the look of you know when you're with your cousins and you know yeah. it's thanks take that walk. Take a walk, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the camera pans over and it's just Alizale being like, oh, nobody see me, nobody saw me. <laughs> he was just like walking back to the bullpen. Like, what was he doing? I can only think of one thing. Cody just getting there, everybody stoned. Well, the, at least the Cubs right now they're pretty solid in a what they're. They got a two-game lead in the wild card. It's getting tight, man, though. This series sucked ass. Yeah, they went on a pretty a rough streak there. They're they're second, they're four games behind Milwaukee in the central. And but they got the two game bump in the wild. I feel like they'll make the playoffs, dude. I really do. You know, they're still what I what I noticed this week too is uh I mean, obviously it sucks. The Colorado Rockies, Colorado Rockies are one of the worst teams in baseball, and I think they have the third worst record. Um, and they've been playing terribly the past month too. But like you look around the league, I think Arizona might have lost two of three to the Mets. I I, I don't know what their final score was tonight. Fact. Uh, who else? Like Houston. Houston is like in a tight division race. They lost two of three at home to Oakland, the worst team in baseball. Yeah, Houston's got a one game lead over Texas. Yeah, and one, one yeah. and a half game lead the, over the, Seattle. Arizona. So Arizona's like right behind the Cubs. Mm-hmm. They went to New York. They lost two or three. They had their ace today. They lost seven to one. So yep. that's a little comforting. It's like, hey, it, it's going to happen to teams around the league. Just flush it down. But then on the, the next flip year. side of that, though, you get teams like Seattle, who all of a sudden was like, yo, we're good. And they just, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is just a, a Julio Rodriguez. unconscious right now. Him and who did, oh, Trey Turner, remember all the stories about how Trey Turner sucked and like what a terrible contract. I absolutely love this story. Yes. I love this story, dude. Because how it's he so... got the standing ovation from the Phillies fans, and ever since then he's playing like an MVP. Oh, yeah, especially with the... Philly fans, they get that rap. Well, like, that's what I was gonna say. This is the most unPhilly thing you've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, these are the motherfuckers that threw batteries at Santa Claus, <laughs> and. It, you usually don't get this kind of love from Philly, even when you're playing decent. But for the fact that he was in like this worst slump of his career, playing like absolute dog shit, there was the running joke that he had more homers in the WBC than he did. And, you know, like, and then they give him the standing ovation. They cheer him. They pump, they chant his name, get him going. And now you got, you have Trey Turner. Philly's dangerous team right now. But that's the thing. The Philly, well, they played the Braves, but like, the, the the Phillies got hot through July and through August. Like they've been scuffling lately. Just the the NL wild card race. If you pull up the standings, it's crazy. Right? I think it's like five teams are within like two games or something like that. Like game and a half. Um, it's gonna be close, but I mean, like you said, Zoe, I think the Cubs. I mean, they have fifteen games left. Uh, they have, I think, what nine against Arizona, the Braves. That series against the Braves. I have the Braves clinch. Just clinch that top seed. You can rest everybody. I really hope that happens at the end of the year. And, and then I'm not with you, the that they're gonna let Acuna play so he could get that MVP. Yeah, that's between I, him and yeah. Mookie because Mookie's another guy. I Mookie tweeted out that, like a month yeah. ago how Mookie was having the quietest, just like seven war season, and then it's, well, and it, he's one of those guys though where it's just like that's just Mookie. Like yeah. it's expected from a guy like him now. He We're is like, the one guy. I mean, well, Bryce Harper too. 
but I think that was the mistake for the Cubs, where like I think Theo thought that he was going to get to free agency, yeah. so he never got to. But fuck, because Mookie, like the fucking yeah. Dodgers, man. And they have Freddie Freeman. He's going to finish top three in MVP. They might have one, two, or no, I'm probably not two, but either two, three, or one, three in MVP yeah. voting. Talk about a guy who basically like changed his game. Freddie Freeman used to be a power guy. And now yeah. he's a doubles contact, machine. He's a contact machine now. And it's just he like, always hit for a pretty high average, though. It's not like he was. He did. But, yeah, I too. I know what you're saying. But I mean, it's just wild that Mookie can have a season like he's having right now. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that's what Mookie does. Ooh, I, a... that, like, I think you could argue with Freddie Freeman, that is. I think you can make an argument, best first baseman in baseball, and yet the Braves, after losing him, Matt Olsen, props to him. I mean, he's still... bombs, dude. Yeah, he, he's beast. But, I mean, 50 tanks these days is something you don't see very often, and it's just... He doesn't we hit. talk about the pressure after replace a legend that just won mm-hmm. him a World Series. Like, that's not easy, even... Yeah. Albert Olson was good in Oakland, obviously, but not like a Freddie Freeman level. And he came and see him. You don't want to say like that you forget about Freddie, but like, you know, it's a nice consolation prize from the guys. Well, that too is just kind of a test. The Braves won the World Series without Acuna. And then they lose Freddie Freeman, go out and get met. It's good pickup. They're just, it's a well run organization. And for a guy like me, it's just like such a foreign thing because I, I haven't seen one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I just don't know what that looks like and then you just see the Braves and it's and the thing is too usually I hate teams like that. I don't I'm actually a Braves fan. I like the Braves. Like I don't the Braves. Yeah, like the Astros and shit, fuck them. But like the Braves, like yeah, you know, and I don't know. There's I we've been saying it all season and I think it's gonna be a really fun playoffs for baseball fans to watch because it's not going to be like the usual suspects dominating besides the Braves because the Braves are just a dominating team but like some of these teams we've been talking about like Cincinnati, Arizona Miami like these are the teams that could get in that makes it fun. I like watching teams like that get in there. I I need the Reds to just kind of go away um uh, Major League Baseball wants Ellie De La Cruz in the playoffs, dude. Do you know how much TV that's? I want you to look up Ellie De La Cruz's numbers right now. So thank you for bringing up. It's just highlights, man. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I haven't looked. You want to talk about? I know for years everyone shit on Javier Baez because you would see all of his highlights and then you look at his numbers and be like, why the hell are they? Cruz, you think this dude's Ronald Lacuna Jr. with the highlights that he get the no he he has not been that goodly. No, he is one hundred percent that guy. Like he throws up sick highlights, but then you look at his stats and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, You guys brought up uh, how the the White Sox moved uh, Kopech to the bullpen. Well, what do you guys think about Marcus Stroman potential closer? Really? Oh. Because of the injury, right? Because of the injury, he doesn't have enough time to ramp up to get that stamina back to be a starter. So he might come back soon, be a reliever. And then the, right now, the Cubs are without a closer. I, Stroman, closer. I don't mind. I don't mind the idea because I think a big part of being a closer is the mentality. 
Like that's why I think you see a lot of failed starters that go like Liam Hendricks. Perfect example. He's got that dog in him. Oh, he was a terrible starter. Went to the bullpen. He's got that yep. mentality. Like ninth innings, mine. I got Stroman feels like a guy who would like he likes the spotlight. He rises to the occasion in big moments. I feel like he's got the stuff to be. Uh, or that I could see it working out. Yeah, I mean, he's not really like yeah, Alex. I agree. Stroman doesn't overpower people. No, he's got the he's got the mentality to be a closer though. Which that, but the fact that he, I don't know that that would make me a little bit nervous. Usually, closers have that high ninety fastball in their arsenal, you know. Although you're on mute or something. Fuck. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> no, I was gonna say just like yeah, no, he's not he's not an overpowering guy, and it's like obviously if you're a closer and coming in, if it's like a one run game, you can immediately be like first and third after the first two batters because you get like single, single guy goes to third and you're like, shit. Yeah, that's what bad. I'm saying. Like, it, it, it's... If he's one not pitch doesn't guy, break. Yeah, one pitch doesn't break how he wants it, though. That's an 86-mile-an-hour meatball. And... Right. Yes. I do have to say, though, when he's been healthy, I bet it, it's like... He was having a good year. It was like two, like two, two eighty. All right, like he was great. He was keeping the ball on the ground, like sixty-five percent ground ball rate. Well, that's, I mean, but they, they, yeah, he just. You don't uh, have ground ball pitchers as closers. I mean, it's and just not honestly, we, we saw that a little bit with uh, with Alzelay. Okay. Alzelay wasn't the most. <laughs> There's always an exception to the rule. Keith Fold, there but, you go. Yeah. Like Fold Albert Alzelay, he had good stuff, <laughs> a good, pretty good uh, fastball slider. Like it's not like he was like. Posting up like you know fourteen strikeouts per nine innings or something like a lot of closers do. Um, it, it's definitely gets scary again though if Alzelay can't come back because he did like solidify that closer role like he locked it down. I think he had at one point he, like, he went like eighteen for eighteen in June and July into August. Like it uh, can like to, <laughs> it can get scary. To Maddie Mitch's question here, he says, "Is in Acuna close right now?" Of course, the Baseball Reference Acuna is a seven point four. What do you guys when you guys do war? Uh, what is it good for? What is I was trying to think of the line. I can't so think. Nothing. nothing. Uh, do you guys cool. prefer uh, ba- baseball reference or fan graphs? So I just usually default to baseball reference, but I do appreciate more like the how much deeper fan graphs goes. Yeah, yeah. You know it's I mean? weird. Like, I like baseball, baseball reference is always the starting point for me, and then you see yes. something. Thing. You slide over like, oh, let's see if there's any. Also, trends. big fan of the new baseball savant layout. Big fan of mm. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I like it's. I like Fangraphs, uh, war for like hitters, but I hate it for pitchers. It, some of these guys don't make sense at all. Fair enough. Mookie bats uh, right now eight eight F war. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Which war do you usually look at? Isn't I F4, like for hitters. P4? I like F four, fan graphs. Yeah, it's just. I'm with you. I'm looking at Acuna's baseball savant page. It's literally all red except for three stats. <laughs> right fielding now, I'm looking run, at fielding run bets. values, sweet spot percentage, and his fielding range are the only things that are blue. Let's look at Mookie's page. Oh, by the way, how about the Phillies manager bitching about uh, Ronald Acuna, like having, like just celebrating? He's like, I wish guys, uh, you know, act like they've been there before. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, Mookie is all red. Uh, one, two, three things are like 
red tinted and he's only got one blue and that's fielding range. Okay. So uh, this is a good debate because I've been thinking about it. I think Kevin's, you know, he's on the, he's on the Ronald Acuna train for MVP, which, you know, it's not like a crazy thing. Or I think it's a good debate because I think we had this back when Cabrera had the triple crown. I think Mike Trout was having like a great season, but I think uh, Cabrera won the mm-hmm. MVP. So right now, Mookie Betts, again, fan graphs, has an 8.2 war. That's Ronald Acuna is second 7. with Fred Freeman. 7.2. That's a full run. Yep. But Acuna is going to have like – he has a chance to go, what, 40 – 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases? I think it's the stolen bases that gets Acuna the the MVP. They were talking about this the other day, and I was like, eh, I think when it comes down to it, I think the stolen bases is going to put him over the top. That's, that's pretty crazy, though. It's insane. I mean, those two guys are just Stars. having a ridic- ridiculous seasons. I mean. What's what's Liz Robert at? Because I know the White Sox, uh, he's, I mean, we've been joking about it. He's living up to the Mike yes. Trout. Comparison. God, they've wasted such a good season from him. Oh, Luis Robert tied with Dansby Swanson. What's the word? Four point eight. See, I was close. I guessed a five. Yeah. That's uh that's a lot of defense from Dansby though. That's, yeah, because the offensive yeah. numbers are obviously different. Yeah, I mean Robert can win a gold glove. He's easily a gold glove contender for center field right now. But and that's yeah, really- I, I was thinking to... a silver slugger too. I think he could in the American League. I'm trying to think for center. Yeah. Oh well, maybe Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. 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 Julio is just fine, but Julio. I don't know if like starts the year though. Julio, the things. What did he have like? Oh, how many hits in like seven games or something like that? I forget who I saw on Twitter bringing. I think it was somewhere on White Sox Twitter, but Corey Seager. Holy shit, this dude, and he hasn't played a full season. Well, the reason why you saw it on White Sox Twitter is because that one dude did that oh. now infamous tweet. Like, <laughs> look at when Corey Seager and uh, who was the other guy? Uh, Simeon. Simeon. They started out slow, and he's like, yeah. see, look, at they spent the money, and it's not really working out. Is this what you wanted? And everyone's like, yes. It's been like two months. Just so wait. Now, Cor- Corey Seager, including Wednesday night's game, he's only played in 102 games. He is third. In F four, five point nine. He has a one seventy nine WRC plus. He has thirty home runs in one hundred and two games. Yeah. To answer to Matty Mitch's question here is: Does Otani still win MVP? Yes. In the American uh, League, who else in the American League? I mean, uh, Julio. Julio could pass him if he keeps going. Julio straight. just had such a rough slump, though. I mean, I know what he's doing now, but... I I do think it's still going to be Otani just because he did both. Yep. But, I mean, Julio, he's, he has, uh, Otani hitting-wise, 6.6 war, Julio 6. But, yeah, I forget. That doesn't include the pitching. So. I have no problem with what Otani did, though, shutting it down. I mean, you're on a team that's not going to make the playoffs. You're going into what could be the largest... I mean, I contract. hate it personally because I have him on my fantasy team, but, you yeah, know, that's a smart decision. <laughs> but, I mean... You're playing for the dog shit angels, who, by the way, want to trade Mike Trout now. So, get on that, Chris Gatz. That'll be your Ken Griffey Jr. on the White Sox trade. But no, they'll get him just... after his contract runs out, like when he's forty ten years down the road. <laughs> how much? How much juice is left on that contract? Oh, I think a lot. I think a lot. 
Let's see. Yeah, he'll be in Yankees pinstripes. No, Philly. Philly, dude. Yeah, but Philly's already got a pretty solid payroll. The They'll Yankees trade have, like Schwarber or somebody. Yankees are going to finish in last place right now in the AL East. So Mike gonna, Trout. Mike Trout is the perfect big name to go get for them. It'd be like, we're mm. back. We got Trout in center, Judge and right. <laughs> Trout's going to play 50 games. <laughs> Judge 70. And, yeah. Mike and, Trout's contract <laughs> runs through 2030. God damn. He's a free agent at the age of 39. White Sox in 2030. I know, I know you're being facetious, but it's probably going to happen. If, but, no, if uh, you look back at all, all the like MVP or Hall of Fame players that at the end of their careers went to the Sox, or there's like, a title for the podcast: Mike Trout to the White Sox. Dot 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 in 2030. Yep. <laughs> in 2030, but I for I can literally I can picture it in my head like. Him going to the Yankees and I'm just like going nuts about we got Trout in center, Judge and right, Stanton in left, like blah blah blah, and like after his third back injury, they're booing. Yeah, combine those three guys, play like a hundred games, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and the Yankees. I know Yankees fans have already pretty much penciled in Bellinger on the team too. Uh, He's back with the Cubs. Speaking of the Cubs, I need an outside perspective here from you guys. Well, NL Cy Young, who's your pick right now? I would have said Blake Snell, and then you know that Shaq meme where it's like, I apologize, I was unfamiliar with your game? Yeah. That's where I'm at with your boy. Yep. I didn't know he was that nice. Oh, yeah. He's, no, yeah, he is a stud. Yeah, I, I think just yeah. Just your ERA leader, you know, no big deal. That's the one of the puppies is having a seizure. No, you good, dude? Oh, what the fuck was that, dude? All right, he's good. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. And actually, I was going to talk about this because there's a graphic right now. Pitching Ninja tweeted it out about 20 minutes ago. These are just his NL ranks for Blake's now. He's second with ERA. He's in first for opponent batting average, second in case per nine, Third in homers per nine. He's in dead last in the NL for walks per nine, averaging 5.1 walks per nine. Like, there's a reason guys can't hit him because he does throw a lot of balls, just not in the strikes. Yeah. (laughs) So, pitching pitching ninja said, Blake's now pretty much embodies the argument of stuff over command. Yep. But, Um, yeah, no, it's. Yeah, boy. There's just so much stuff to go into. It's. I don't think they're going to give us a steal because he doesn't have the innings as some of the, like, Snow, I think, I think oh, Snow gonna might Oh, steal for Cy Young pitch here. I mean, We're a voter. Give us the pitch. So what's the name of the game as a starting pitcher? Not to give up runs. He, he gives up the fewest amount of runs. Like, that's, that's a starting pitcher. That's, and I know I hate that I'm going to do this because I, I was very quick to jump on the board that this does not matter. Leads the league and wins, baby. <laughs> no, but he does lead the league in quality starts. That's good. He's consistent. Uh, basically, 80% of his starts, you're getting six innings at least, and he's not giving up more than three runs. And in a lot of those, he's giving up zero or one. Um, But, I mean, again, it goes back to he limits contact. You know what he doesn't do? He doesn't give up walks. And he doesn't give up home runs. I think he. I think he's might be top 
top two in both of those, if not leading the league. So he doesn't walk guys. He doesn't just give up bases. Uh, he doesn't give up home runs. He limits hard contact. Um, again, does not give up runs. That That's the name of the game. That mm-hmm. He wants stats, doesn't give up runs as much as other guys do. Except for right now, I'm looking at the live stats, and with Blake Snell snart, he is back into first place at yeah, ER. I, I got a feeling Blake Balake is going to win. Uh, yeah. He's got the, I mean, he's got the, he's got the strikeouts. He's Did he win Cy guy. Young and comeback player of the year? Because he was dog shit last year. <laughs> Cody Bellinger, comeback player of the year. That, uh, that's actually a pretty good option. Luis Robert could win that because he only I played what, like 90 games last yeah. year? Yeah. We'll do an award uh, episode later on. Oh, shit. Mitch, you ready, dog? I didn't realize we're over the two-hour mark. Oh, my goodness. Playoffs? Are you ready? Playoffs. I like that you put a, a Cubs title for this episode and we talked about it for <laughs> 40 seconds. That was before I knew it even was coming out. You ready? I did not load new pictures, but I think we had some that we, we have some that we didn't pictures. use. Yeah, Fids has. Fids always does this. Who dude. needs like, pictures? The great like, series. Like, wait, I don't get. <laughs> what is? That? I don't know. Fids Fids put some wild shit in here every once in a while, but all right. And Luke action figure. Ladies and gentlemen, after a long hiatus, which just seemed like forever banned in 70 countries it is back ladies and gentlemen it's time for the nascar minute with nascar mitch Alrighty, shout out Jeff Gluck. Round two of the playoffs. Playoffs, it was in Kansas this week. I was there, boots on the ground. Big race all together. So the main storyline starting off, Martin Truex Jr. He's coming in with the regular season championship. Guy has a pretty healthy lead in the points. He qualifies third, so, you know, pretty good starting spot. Lap three, all of a sudden, puncturing his tire. He slaps the wall. He's out of the race. Lead gone, cushion gone. All of a sudden, he's on the bubble. We have playoff implications. Coming into Bristol next week, he's feeling the heat. You know who's not feeling the heat early on? Kyle Larson. He's got a fast car. He rockets his way to the front, creating a nice little gap for himself. Then Bubba Wallace, the winner, last year at Kansas, making the charge up to second place in the Columbia machine, trying to run down Larson. Then misfortune strikes. He blows a tire. He hits the wall. He's out of the race, and Bubba Wallace, all of a sudden, now he's going to come down to Bristol for him. He's below the chopping block, too, and he had to repair his car. He was like seven laps down. It was a rough day for uh, old Bubba Wallace. Kyle Larson, as we mentioned, he had one of the faster cars early on, but uh, pit stop, he lost some track position, got back in dirty air. He couldn't make any moves all of a sudden. So next thing you know, it's uh, the Toyota back up in front. We see uh, Denny making a charge. Well, actually, near the end of stage two is where it kind of got interesting. Uh, We had Brad Keselowski racing his way to the front in the Build Submarines machine. I didn't even know that was a thing. You could build submarines, but that's who he's sponsored by, a company that builds submarines. He's working his way to the front. Kevin Harvick, his last season, his last race at Kansas in the Sunny D car, 
trying to run him down. There's a nice little battle. Denny Hamlin throws himself in the mix, but Brad Keselowski, old dog whistle Brad, he hangs on for the win in stage two. So that sets up an exciting stage three. We got three wide action all over the track. Daniel Suarez had a couple of rough pit stops. He starts picking his way to the field. He's working up the tents. Kyle Busch in the Casey's machine. You know, that's a Midwestern staple. He's picking through crowds too. He's throwing himself into the mix. So this work kind of got interesting here. Denny Hamlin, who is uh, in third at the end of stage uh, two, he gets to the front. He clearly has the fastest car. He's starting to run away with this thing. And it looks like, you know, he, he's going to take home the victory here. Then all of a sudden with five laps to go, uh, Chris Buescher, he blows a tire too. Everyone's just blowing tires. He hits the wall. So that's going to set up an overtime restart. This is very exciting. So Suarez, who uh, didn't have a very good car early on, he was kind of taking a strategy. He's staying out, hoping for caution. He had to pit late. So he was on 30 lap tires. He starts in the front row. That's my guy. I'm ready. I'm like, hey, Suarez, he's got a chance here. I know it's old tires, but he's got two laps. He's got to hang on really with old tires. You really have no chance. But that also sets up big strategy calls for the rest of the guys in the field. So Denny Hammond, does he take two tires? Does he take four tires? They choose to take four tires. Joey Logano, who's been running fifth all day, his crew chief's like, hey, we're taking two tires. That gets him into the front row. Eric Jones, also near the or a front row. Uh, he, he had a pretty good run. He's not in the playoffs. He's looking for a win. Suarez in the front row. Restart happens. Suarez drops like a rock. He'll just complete non-factor with the old tires. It's been blown out of the way. Jones and uh, old, old, old Jones and Logano, they're, they're battling up front. Uh, Denny Hamlin got a bad jump on the restart. He's starting to make a charge. Then, coming into the last lap, they go three wide. Tyler Reddick gets a big run. He dives down to the apron, makes the pass, clears Logano, clears Jones. He takes the lead. Hamlin tries to run him back down. He's the car owner, but he still wants to win. Couldn't get there in time. Tyler Reddick, he's your winner at Kansas. Gets the free pass to the next round. Hell of a finish. Hell of a race. And now we're heading to Bristol, the last great coliseum, to see who makes it through the round of 16. That's your NASCAR Minute. I started drinking at 6 a.m. We're here now. I don't know what time it is, but I'm rolling deep. And those cars are going real fast and real left, son. They're going fast and left. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I started drinking at... I got, a, I got a funny little bonus story here. Boy, Ooh. not NASCAR related, but I thought it was just funny from work the last couple of days. So I had to go investigate this story. There's this sheriff who may or may not have been, he's under a criminal investigation, let's just say. So they sent Mitch up to this town of 400 people to go investigate. So I'm trying to find out what's going on. So I'm in one of the bars trying to hear like some of the, the local gossip, see if they're talking about it or not. And the bartender is like, Oh, like you're with the news. Like what station? I'm like, oh, ABC 17. She's like, oh, like I love ABC 17. I watch it all the time. Like me and my like grandpa, we always watch the 10 o'clock newscast. I'm like, oh, like that's great or whatever. She's like, so like, are you actually on the news? Like, yeah, <laughs> newscast. And she just didn't even recognize me. So, you know, you would think that you get on, you know, you get on TV, you're famous. But this lady didn't even recognize her. I've only been recognized once in public and it was by an inmate. I was in... Uh, <laughs> I was at the sheriff's office in Columbia. You got a real pretty mouth on the TV, boy. I'm going to interview the sheriff, and this guy who's sitting in like the waiting room at the the, the police station's like, "Wait, like I know you, like you're you're with the news." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, you did a report on my cellmate, Chemo Spivey." I'm like, "God, Jesus Christ!" So I was like, "Got a real pretty mouth." <laughs> 
miss the NASCAR minute. I'm glad they let you out early tonight, bud. Me too. Good to, it's good to, good be, to back. Have you back. Feels good yeah. to be back. We were missing out. I've been up since 6 30 today. Still got the energy. That's how excited I am. <laughs> there you go. That's hilarious, dude. I've been up since 5 30. Have a kid. Had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you caught that on yourself, though. I mean. Yeah, have a kid and two puppies. Yeah. yeah. yeah they Sleep is a myth to me. But, uh, oh, damn it. Sorry, Alex. I just saw your DM now. We'll get it in there next week. He, NASCAR Mitch, pitcher submission. Uh-oh. I'll get it in there. I'll get it in there. Next one year week. classic anniversary pick of me and old Dale Jarrett at the casino. No, but I think I'll put that up this time when you were doing it. <laughs> I thought I was going to get you laughing with the the frog with the cigarette because that picture. Right, some let's reason, step our game up, guys. We're not. I don't, we're not I don't, that one, and then this one always makes me laugh for some reason. <laughs> I have no idea why. I just think it's hilarious. I like the Sean Kemp one where he's. Oh, by I the way, rid of that one. Speaking of that uh, dog and gun picture, how about the, how about just no one caring about the White Sox anymore? That that story is just long forgotten now. Well, that they're moving to Nashville. No, about the the shooting oh. in the stadium. Oh, the, yeah. Fitz has this belly hidden under gun. <laughs> Or gun hidden under belly, but yeah, I thought you were talking about this story. Well, no I way. mean, Jerry, Jerry loves that no one's going to the games right now. How what? We didn't even talk about that. How wild is that? That their attendance was so low, so he doesn't have to pay a city tax on it. Loves it. it. He's like, thanks, says. It just made so much shit. I remember sense. I remember hearing something about how attendance had to do something with him paying or like the state paying. I never like knew the details of it until like this story. I was like, oh man, it all makes so much sense. Like straight out of major leagues tanking on purpose. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh yeah, you're right, Alex. The picture will be better when Fizz is here. Maximum absorbance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys got anything else? All right. Well, thank you. Are you guys rooting for 100 wins? Like, do you want the ultimate embarrassment? Kind of. Definitely would send a message. Yeah, I think that would be a fitting way to cap off the season at 100 losses. It's probably going to happen. The race to 100. How many games they got left? Like 15, maybe? 15? Oh, yeah. They could definitely lose 10 out of 15. Oh, yeah. I mean, half these guys just are completely checked out. So well, you're you're you're. By the way, you're welcome. Cubs helped you out, uh, losing two or three to Colorado. You guys are trying to jump into the top three to get this the best chances for the number one pick. That's true. So you're welcome. Yeah, and it's just it's funny. They went on the losing streak right after Guts did his like uh, fifth <laughs> inning different. interview in uh, the booth with uh, Stone and them, and he's like. Hell yeah, we're still playing for stuff. I told I went in the locker room before this game, and I told all these guys they're playing for their spot next year, and they better get it into gear. And then they like lost eight in a row. Oh, <laughs> and they don't want to be. They don't want to be. No one cares. Dude. No one wants to be there. Yeah. No one cares. Like they're booking tea times, Cancun vacations are already. Yohan Mankata already has like they're packing. all the winter weekends uh, booked for club uh, for club. Uh... Did I see correctly? Now, I have not been able to watch as many Sox games as I usually would because of the word. But did I see that Corey Lee got benched for not hustling? Was that true? I did hear, I heard this. I didn't know. Which, if it's true, that's absurd because the fact he just got over here, you're trying to make it. No, you know what happened is Pedro's like, wait, this guy's new enough where 
I can still do something like this and it would matter. So yeah, we'll do it to Corey Lee. Old man Kaminsky was telling me that. And I was like, no way. <laughs> which he went to his first NASCAR race this weekend too, which was nice. Blew out an eardrum, did not have proper ear protection. But... Oh. Yeah. That's part of the experience that was leaving with your ears ringing. I think. Yeah, I'm good on that. But uh, Moncada is book solid for DM and 20 year old women. <laughs> yes, he's already got them like pre ready to send. So that was a good. That's the old Yerman Mercedes special. He was. I remember I, uh, when I was at Bradley. There was some girl in, in my class was like, "Yeah, I got a DM from like Yerman Mercedes last night." <laughs> he showed it to me, and it was like in the middle of one of the games. Yeah, the Oscar Colas loves doing that too. I, was say, Oscar I can, Colas is on right now. I can see my kind of being that guy that just sends it as like a group text to all of them at once, and he's like, "Oh shit, I didn't mean to do it all at once, but it was just easier this way." I don't so. even think it'd be a message. It'd probably just be like him with like a couple buttons undone. Like it's a link to the YouTube of his uh, music video. Like, what's up? Uh, all right. Well, for Mitch, that's all though. I'm Zo. It feels good to be back, everybody. Thank you. Take care of yourselves and each other. And we will see you next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy. Put it on a boy, yeah. Put it on a boy. Every season, make it all change.